Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 259, and can you feel it? Can you feel the power of E3 2021? It is right around the corner. Show is kicking off on Saturday, and we are here right now on Tuesday to get you excited, get you prepped for E3 2021. This entire episode is a preview of what's coming at E3, and it's not easy this year, Matt. <laughs> There's... No. First of all, the schedule for E3, some of it was just finalized this morning. Not only this morning, like after I had already finished the graphics for the show and it was too late to update them, I needed to get to the studio. What do you think is going on? Why has it been so hard for them to schedule this stuff out in a, an adequate amount of time? I think uh, everybody just is facing a lot of lag on you know the impact of COVID on projects and nobody knows what's going to be ready in time or people are scrambling to get things ready in time and... You know, they went until the last possible second to commit to be sure that they could even commit, I think, is what's happening mostly there. Um, it's uh, this year, you know, we've seen it already. This year has been a long series of delays and and pushes and, oh, this is actually coming out six months later than we thought kind of thing. Um, I think it's just all, you know, it's, it's a chain reaction from last year. Um, as we saw, like, the stuff that was pretty far along already and just needed, mo you know, mostly polish did manage to come out more or less on time. Uh, with some exceptions, uh, some things came out anyway, looking yeah. at you, Cyberpunk. Um, but, like, yeah, I think now you're looking at stuff that was sort of in the middle of development uh, at, you know, early last year. Those are the things that are being impacted at this point. Yeah, what do you think about the usual number of surprises that we get at E3, the stuff that gets a trailer or some kind of, like, CG piece to just kind of say, hey, it's here, uh, but maybe isn't coming mm -hmm. for a long time. Do you think we'll get as much of that as we typically do at E3? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm torn on like maybe not because people are they're trying to finish what they've already started working on. But at the same time, that would be really easy to do. So like yeah. it'd be pretty easy to throw together a CG trailer and say, like, oh, it's coming later. Please be excited kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you that farm that stuff out to other studios anyway, yeah. typically. So that could be a route they go to sort of appease people who would be otherwise disappointed that there's not a lot of new content or not a lot of like stuff that's ready to come out this year beyond what we already know about. Yeah. Um, one exception to that probably being Nintendo because we don't know anything. Um, so whatever they show will be new, <laughs> presumably, except maybe like those Skyward Sword HD thing. But yeah. like, um, yeah, other than that, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what Microsoft would have new really, although there's the rumors that they've got another developer they just bought uh, that they're going to announce. But uh like, I don't know, like, mostly I think this is going to be a year of finally seeing some details on things we've known about a long time. I hope so. Um, in the rundown, there's a lot of games that were shown a long time ago that we haven't really mm -hmm. got any significant updates on in a really long time, and this might be kind of the perfect spot for a lot of that stuff to happen. Um, but anyway, welcome to Game Face. This is the flagship show of Sifted Games at Sifted.net. We're here every Tuesday on Twitch at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Sifted is supported 100% by our Patreon and other contributions from our fans. If you'd like to help us out, if you're listening to the show on any of the podcast services out there, and you'd like to contribute, particularly this month with E3, our costs go up a lot. We bust our asses for like the next two and a half weeks straight. I've been trying to stock up on sleep, Matt. I don't really think that that works. So no, that's that's not <laughs> that's how not that a works. thing. 
Uh, but anyway, we do bust our asses during E3. Um, and if you'd like to help us out, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. Uh, if you also would just like to maybe drop us a one-time payment, you can go to sifted.net slash donate if you want to tip us for our E3 coverage. Uh, our E3 hub will be going up really soon on the site, probably tomorrow afternoon. Um, if you have not been along for the ride with Sifted at E3, there is no other website, no other place better to consume E3 content than Sifted.net. You can go to our E3 hub and you can sort literally hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content from all around the internet, from all the websites, the streamers, YouTube channels. You can sift it by 60 plus categories to find exactly what you're looking for. If you just want to see what happened with JRPGs at E3, you can do that. If you just want to see Japanese games in general at E3, you can do that. First person shooters, any genre, any platform, that's what Sifted is all about. So there will be a link to the E3 hub in the header of the site, probably midday tomorrow. Uh, there's also a new addition to the header today. We have a big sale going on with our from our latest shirts. Uh, they are all 40% off all through E3. The price changes live right now. So if you've, been, if you've been waiting, and if you're a sifter who's been around for a long time, you know we sell the shirts full price for quite a while, and then we'll start doing sort of flash sales. This is the first flash sale for our brand new designs. Both designs on sale for $15 a piece. So if you've been waiting, now is the time to jump, and we would appreciate it a lot. Just another way to help us, and you can find our shirts at sifted.net slash store. So let's kick things off here. We have a lot to get to. In fact, the TriCaster is just loaded. I think there are like 85 clips that we're going to go through <laughs> today for this show. It is insane. This is the first time I've done something like this as a TriCaster TD while I'm hosting the show. So give me a little slack today. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to do my best. Um, we've kind of worked out a formula though, where I introduce something, then I toss it to Matt. And then while Matt's talking, I can fire off the clip. So it's kind of worked out pretty well uh, since I've been doing this. And I enjoy it. I, it it's kind of like DJing. It's like a crazy multitasking thing that you do with a piece of electronics. Uh, and I actually kind of have fun doing it. So uh, we're going to start things off by talking about what we're doing at E3. Because as I said when we started the show, it's confusing this year. Trying to understand what's going on, what's important, what's not, when everything is happening. That's why we're here today to outline to you guys what we're going to do at E3. But then also, once we're done with that, we're going to go publisher by publisher, in some cases platform by platform, and kind of preview all the big stuff that they're going to show. We're going to try to guess maybe some stuff that uh, people don't know about that they might show. And then at the very end, Matt and I will deliver our E3 2021 predictions. So we have a great show today. You're going to leave this stream knowing what's up with E3. And the first thing we're going to show you is what we're doing at E3. So everything kicks off on Saturday, this Saturday, in just like four days or whatever it is. Um, there's only one big event on Saturday that we're actually going to cover, and that is the Ubisoft press conference. Our stream will start at 11.45 a.m. Pacific to 45 p.m. Eastern, and we'll do a 15-minute pre-show, just kind of setting everything up for you guys, letting you know what to expect, getting you hype, and then the actual Ubisoft press conference starts at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Matt and I will be sitting in on the press conference doing live commentary of the press conference. And what I'm telling you right now is true for every single one of these that we're doing. So we'll sit in, do live commentary during the press conference, and then we'll do post-show analysis right after that. Depending on the publisher, that lasts 15 to 30 minutes usually. 
Um, so count on 15 minutes off the top to get ready, the actual press conference, and then 15 to 30 minutes of analysis for each press conference afterwards. So everything starts on Saturday. On Sunday, things start to pick up a little bit, Sunday, June 13th. Um, the first thing that day is the Microsoft slash Bethesda press conference. Matt, how do you feel about them kind of tacking Bethesda onto that? Yeah, I mean, is this I a one year for... thing to kind of pound the point home that they just signed the big deal? Probably. Yeah. I mean, if I paid $4 billion for yep. something, I'd probably <laughs> want to brag about it. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Also, let's not forget that yeah, the amount of copies that Bethesda stuff sells, like you probably do want that on your your marquee. Yep. You know, just so people know where to find the thing they care about. Yeah. Yeah, I get I get it. Totally. But I do think for next year's, it will just be called the Microsoft Press. Yeah, I think eventually they'll they'll once once it's established that that's where Bethesda is now, I would say once they release Starfield, once it's you know established in the marketplace that the big Bethesda games are exclusive to the Xbox environment, then they will stop doing that. Yeah, once once the once Bethesda is assimilated into the board, yeah. I think. So uh, hopefully you're right next year because maybe we get Starfield before next E3. Yep, that, I think that's probably a pretty safe bet. At least I hope so. Uh, so the Microsoft everything actually kicks off on Sunday, June 13th at 9:45 a.m. Pacific. That's when our stream will start. That's 12:45 p.m. Eastern, and then the actual press conference begins at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and again. We'll be doing live commentary during the press event and then doing analysis afterwards. And then there's a little break, and we'll probably take the stream down for like 30 or 40 minutes so Matt and I can maybe get something to eat and something to drink. And then Square Enix happens. And that stream starts at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And then, oddly enough, (laughs) the press conference starts at 12.15, noon 15, p.m. Pacific, and then 3.15 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so Sunday is kind of, it'll probably feel like the first real day of E3, I think, for a lot of people. And I think for me, too. I like it starting this way, Matt. We can kind of ease into things on Saturday. If we have any production issues or anything, we can iron them all out before the big stuff really starts hitting the next day. Yeah, I, I kind of go the other way. I mean, I guess it's good to have production issue uh, problem-solving time. That buffer time, um, yeah. But I actually like uh, having a lot of press conferences in one day to to sit and like and probably because it takes a lot of time to get to and from the studio but like it's like i like the the thing where you sit down and in the, in the morning and you're like we got four of these to go through today it's like yeah. a whole day like it's the whole more day exciting is that way blocked in yeah i agree um, with that for sure i mean and i, I get like they don't want to do that too much because nobody can like sit around on a monday and watch live streams all day like that because people got to work and do life things but i like i like uh the kind of the old model where like we were sort of stuck in that room all day mm-hmm. um i wouldn't want to do it every week or anything yeah but, like, but it gets you in the groove yeah it made, it made it feel like an event yeah absolutely it is definitely stretched and dragged out this year without a doubt uh, one other thing i should note before we go forward everything we're doing will be archived for our patrons at patreon.com slash sifted for our sifters on the site at sifted.net all this stuff will be archived as quickly as possible. I can't make any promises. Usually what we do is we put up the analysis first of each press conference, and then we'll put up the live commentary over each press conference after that. And those are longer files, and they take a little longer to render and to upload and compress and all that kind of stuff. So just just so you know what's going on. Um, okay, let's move to the next page. Monday, June 14th, another pretty big day. Well, actually, it started as a pretty big day, but we just learned this morning that it's n- it's not now. 
Um, things yeah. kick off at, and it's a little later on Monday, at 2.15 p.m. Pacific for the Capcom presser. That's when our stream starts. That's 5.15 p.m. Eastern. And then the actual pre- Capcom press conference starts at 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, and again, we'll be doing the same process that we do with every other one, pre-show, live commentary, post-show analysis. And then we were going to tackle the Take-Two presser because seemingly Take-Two could have some big stuff to show. However, it was just announced this morning that it's actually not doing a press conference. It is doing like a roundtable Q&A, which I don't know why you would bother doing that, particularly when you have a pretty impressive lineup, or you would think anyway, to show off in a legitimate press conference. That is not going to be the case, though. Uh, So we are scratching Take-Two off of the schedule. So on Monday, for us, there's just the Capcom press conference. Again, 2.15 Pacific, 5.15 p.m. Eastern. And then on Tuesday, and this sucks, (laughs) Nintendo, living on Japanese time, uh, the Nintendo press conference, which could be one of the biggest of all of E3, it starts on Tuesday, June 13th. We're starting at 8.45 a.m. Pacific uh, or 11.45 a.m. Eastern. And it's then gross. It is gross. Matt and I will be here real early and looking real groggy. And then the actual press conference starts at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. And then on to the final day, which actually there's a big gap in between this and the final day. On Friday, June 18th, at our usual time of 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, Matt and I will be delivering our Best of E3 2021 awards Typically, I think we give out awards in close to 20 categories, roughly. They go up or down each year, depending on basically the games that are shown. So sometimes genres like sports may not make an appearance unless there's something worth discussing. Action-adventure sometimes barely makes it into the show. And then we have some fun, fun awards like Most Disappointing and you know games that the most, you know, most anticipated game that we saw at E3, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, that is our coverage of E3 2021. And then obviously the next week's game face, it will be all the overflow of all that kind of stuff. Um, Matt, how do you feel about the schedule? Um, it's a lot of driving back and forth. Yeah. But, uh, the good news is it's really early in a lot of do. cases. Hopefully the traffic isn't too bad. Yeah, usually it's the going back after yeah. 4 p.m. That's the problem because of the commute. Like your morning commute in L. For those who don't live here, morning commute in L.A. is not usually as bad. As, um, as afternoon, because um, afternoon is more spread out because everybody leaves at different times. So you just get constant traffic snarls for like four hours, especially in the summer. Yeah, because a lot of people like have summer hours in California where mm-hmm. like they get off on Fridays or they get off on Mondays. And so yeah, people leave at like two or three in the afternoon. Yeah. So starting just, at like 2 p.m. from then on, it sucks pretty yeah. much, <laughs> especially on like, you know, because like you got to take Olympic or the, or the freeway pretty much to get back and forth from where I am to where you are. And yep. like, there's no good East West travel solution in Los Angeles. Like there's it's, you can, there's lots of North South freeways and stuff. And like, there's some East West stuff up, up in the Valley in the main city. Like you have to take surface streets or one specific freeway. And like, it sucks. And then everyone like, knows that they, if it's bad, they take surface streets. So you go yeah. to like one of the surface streets and they're all clogged yeah. up too. Waze yeah. ruined that. Like, yeah. the, you know, back in the days before like Waze and Google maps and stuff, you could have like back routes. You could like cheat with everyone can do that now because yeah. the computer just tells, their them, app to go that tells way. them to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's a, it's an issue. That's why everybody wants that train line get finished by the time we're like 60 and it won't matter to us anymore. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that's the other reason I like everything kind of condensed into a couple of days. Um, or I mean, usually it's like we do two days of press conference stuff and then we go to the convention center. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, another weird year, really. It is. Um, yeah. Also, uh, Kevin Rafa does bring up a good uh, a good point. When will we talk about Ratchet and Clank? Oh, yeah. That um, comes out on Thursday. That's a good question, actually. My guess is probably the following Tuesday. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like, we may get something up on the site separately about it, but as far as talking about it on Game Face, it will probably be the following Tuesday. So a couple yeah. days after it's out, unfortunately. Yeah. Although, actually, I mean, do you need to know what we think? Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's why they watch the show. They yeah, care what they care what we game, think about it. With this game, it's like John, I, I think John Drake on Twitter put it put it the best. Where he's like, really, like just absurdly high levels of perfection and expectation shattering is like table stakes for Insomniac at this yeah. point. Like, it's just what else do you think is going to happen here? Like, it's it's yeah. uh, it's it's you, you just look at it and you're like that's an extraordinary product they're they're about to put out. Yeah, I will try to get some sort of coverage up for the game uh, by Friday. Um, but I'm also there's all this pre E3 stuff that we're doing. We're working on a top ten most anticipated games of E3 2021, and that's in the the works right now. Vincent is working on his entirely too many E3 2021 predictions article. That takes a lot of editing and back and forth. So I'm gonna do the best I can. I'm just one dude. Um, so we have we do have pre E three stuff we have to get through, and then I'll try to get through Ratchet. I'm going to be playing Ratchet like at night, typically during mm-hmm. this week leading up to E three. Um, I know everyone's excited about it, and I wish we could deliver. I wish they had not released. I hate to say it. I wish they had not released it during E three. It would have been nice. Yeah, Sony likes to do that. They like to drop stuff uh, this this period of June. And speaking of which, you may have noticed there's a couple things missing from the schedule. You're probably like, "Where's PlayStation?" Well, as of right now. There is nothing scheduled for PlayStation for E3 at all. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit as we get deeper into the show, but that's why it's not in our rundown right now. But rest assured, if it is announced that Sony is doing a state of play for E3, we will scramble and we will cover it for sure. But as of right now, there's nothing. You're probably also wondering, where's EA? Um, Initial schedules for E3 had said that EA was going to do something on Thursday, and now they're saying it's not happening until July 22nd. So like a month and a half later, there is a Battlefield 6 event on Friday, uh, but that's not really worth Matt and I coming all the way in here just to cover one game. Uh, that game has also been leaked out the wazoo. Most people already know most of the stuff about it. So yeah, there's not much left to, I mean, it's really just to see it now. Yeah. And you, there's even been trailers. They're blurry, like dude hold, hiding cell phone mm-hmm. camera, like shooting off screen stuff. Uh, there's been tons of that so far, but nothing official, and that'll probably be what the big reveal is. Yeah, EA's got to have a talk with their trailer house. Yeah, because somehow that stuff got leaked out of there, and it looks awful, too. Like, the quality of the videos yeah. is so bad. Like, at that point, if I see that stuff, I just put it out, and I'm like, okay, we'll put out our really polished trailer now. Let's work on, like, a gameplay edit for Friday where we'll show more in-game stuff, because you can cut those together pretty quickly. But anyway, that's not what's happening. You're going to get your first look at that trailer on Friday, but otherwise, EA, completely MIA from E3 2021. Um, Before we get into the publisher-by-publisher stuff, I want to thank people who subscribe with Twitch Prime. There's been a lot. Wampler13, thank you. Commander Fett, thank you. Uh, Andy T. Monahan, thank you. Texture Glitch, thank you. Again, this is the early part of the month, so a lot of people need to resubscribe. Uh, McWomble, thank you. Hope you're doing well, man. Um, oh, yeah, also gifted a sub to someone. Thank you. That's awesome, man. 
Actually, you gifted a few. Look, at it's like Christmas mm. on E3 from McWomble. That's great, man. Uh, Lesteved, thank you. Is that from Interview with a Vampire, by the way? I'm guessing that's where you got that name from. That's Lestat. Oh, that's Lestat. You're right. I got that mixed up. Close, though. Um, and I think that's it for the early part of the show. All right. So you know what we're doing. Let's talk about what we're going to be covering. Let's discuss, to kick things off, Xbox at E3 2021. Um, we do have predictions at the end of the show. So we do have to dance around some stuff here and there when we talk about some of these publishers because we want to hold it till the end. Um, X, I have a big prediction for Xbox that I'm not going to divulge in this section that I'll hold until the prediction section at the end. Actually, I have a couple, and Matt has one as well. Um, but let's talk about the games, Matt, because I think that is really Xbox strength at E3 2021. We went from getting the same three exclusives every two years to almost too many games to even keep track of at this point for E3 2021. The first up, obviously, the game coming out this year that Microsoft needs to do really well Halo Infinite. Matt, what are you expecting from Halo Infinite at E3? I mean, my thought would be that this is going to be the big blowout um, for the for the presentation. Uh, the rumors say it's coming in September uh, and that there will be a kind of early access for all uh, multiplayer, uh, maybe launched during the presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I expect them to pull all the stops out on this one because they have to. They have to, yeah. They have no choice. They need to make sure that it's a success because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to engender the second wave of Series X sales when they finally catch up to demand. Also, if the if the uh, September release date is accurate, that makes me think they've got something else big between September and the end of the year. That should I mean, you would think so, right? Yeah, I mean, you would hope so, but that doesn't always mean it happens. Um, but as, if they're putting Halo out in September, to me, that means they've got something in October, November. I would not be surprised if multiplayer is the big focus in their presentation. Mm-hmm. They've already shown a chunk of the campaign, although, granted, people weren't that happy with it. So Yeah, my- the campaign is sort of the big relaunch here. Like, Because the campaign showing last year was the thing that made everybody lose their mind yeah. about how bad it looked. So the campaign representation is sort of for all the marbles. Yep. Um, multiplayer seems like it would be an easier sell. So I think you're probably right. They are going to, and also that I think you know you'll be playing that first. So I think you're right. They will they will soft pedal a little bit by focusing on multiplayer, which no one really has a lot of doubts about. I would think. Yeah. Um, My guess maybe... is a nice polished trailer for the campaign. Yeah. And then really nail down a multiplayer because multiplayer is also mm-hmm. what gives the franchise legs. Look, most Halo campaigns, yeah. 10 hours, 15 hours, you're done, it's over. And then what's left is the multiplayer, which ultimately will convince people to buy it. Although with Game Pass, does that even matter anymore? I guess is mm-hmm. really the big question. Um, but my guess is they blow out multiplayer big time, and I would not be surprised at all if there's some kind of a beta or alpha that launches either right then or launches in the next few days to let people try out Halo multiplayer. There's already been a private alpha and beta test going on behind the scenes for this game for quite a while. Um, And so I would not be surprised if they crack it open to everyone or, Matt, at the very least, all Game Pass subscribers 
to try yeah. to convince people to sign up for Game, Game Pass. Pass subscription gets you into the beta right now. Yep. That would be a good one. And then one. maybe yeah. like a week later, it cracks open for everybody else. But yeah, that's what I'm yeah. guessing happens with Halo Infinite. But you know, we're not clairvoyant. <laughs> we're guessing here. Well, they're educated guesses based upon our time in the industry and knowing Microsoft and knowing the franchise. But you know, none of this is set in stone, but I think both of those are probably pretty safe bets for Halo. Um, I think if pe- if they do focus on the multiplayer and only show a trailer for the campaign, people might be a little pissed after yeah. what happened with the last chunk of gameplay. No, for they the got to deliver, and they got to deliver in a tangible way here. And I think you, we probably would get a bigger campaign deep dive in a separate presentation, like later in the summer. Yeah, I can um, see that too. Yeah. So to sort of, you know, the final the final redemption sort of thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think they will focus on multiplayer here. Yep, I'd agree with that as well. Um, let's see. Next up, Hellblade 2 from Ninja mm-hmm. Theory. The first Hellblade, what did they call it? A triple-A indie at the time? That's what yeah. Ninja Theory was trying to call it. And I think that ended up being pretty accurate because yeah, it they, was... Yeah, they, they pulled it off. They did it. Yeah, because it was an independent game. And if you played it, you ne- you would not yeah. say it that's not an indie game. It did not cost as much as it looked like it cost. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, but I have a feeling that this time they're going to drop the indie part. <laughs> they're just going to drop. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that applies anymore. Um, I expect this to be a much bigger production and, and a bigger game, um, which is you know a, a, a question uh, a question mark because one of the appeals of the first game I think was the sort of folded in intimate nature of it. Yeah, like I'd agree. the production value was sky high, but it was a very focused, very single character internal journey. Yeah. Um, and expanding Literally. that out to be, yeah, yeah, and expanding that out to be a bigger, more like world-encompassing thing, which sort of that trailer we've seen feels like it implies. That doesn't necessarily mean it's, that's what they're doing, but yeah. um, you know, it implies like we're scaling stuff up. And uh, I'm, I, you know, Ninja Theory is a, a bunch of really smart people. Uh, I, if they are doing that, I believe they have a good reason to. But you know. It's also sort of messing with success to some degree, so I'm I'm curious to see what their uh, what their angle is on this thing. I feel like we should have seen more of this game by now. I would think so, but like I'm surprised again, we haven't seen got a second in a, trailer in a for normal this year. In a normal year, I think we would have. Yeah, um, it's really been kind of flying under the radar, and they haven't really talked mm-hmm. about it or promoted it for a long time. Do you think we'll see gameplay of this? Uh, I think so. Okay. I would not be surprised if we get another trailer that's a gameplay trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Like you said, there's that window at the end of the year. It'll be interesting to see kind of what ends up getting slotted into that window. Um, you can't just go the if – if Halo does indeed launch in September, you can't just go the last four months of the year without an exclusive. And if you remember, Microsoft is on the record saying that it is their goal – to release an exclusive for Xbox Series every three to four months. So, mm-hmm. and as you as you'll see as we start going through this list of games, that's very feasible for Microsoft yeah. to pull off. There are a lot of announced games already, and I'm sure we're going to get some surprises as well. So, um, things are and this feels really like it's up. positioned about right. And and they were one of their earliest acquisitions in the big new wave. So uh, it feels like it's about time. Yep. Um, next up, Avowed. Avowed, do you think Avowed will come out before the Elder Scrolls 6, Matt? Yes. <laughs> you but, do? Yeah, but I think it's a couple years away. Okay, so this is a basically Obsidian's take on the Elder Scrolls. As yeah, you know, this is an uh, Elder Scrolls set in the Pillars of Eternity universe, yeah. basically. Essentially, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. If That probably will be on the box when it finally ships. 
Um, what do you think we'll get to see from this? If you think it's two years out, do you think we'll see anything? I don't think we'll see anything from this. Not even a trailer? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think they're ready. OK, I don't think I don't think we'll see anything from this yet. I'd like to. Uh, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to it. So you think uh, this will yeah. be one of those games when the show's over? Everyone's like, "What happened to Avowed?" Like, where's Avowed? Where's Poochie? I, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think Avowed is far enough out that they don't really need to highlight it right now. Okay. Um, they might. I mean, you know, if they're because otherwise, I don't know what you show from Obsidian. Um, so if they want to do sort of a, a look at all our soldiers kind of thing with all their new acquisitions, maybe they will show something quick from it just to like reaffirm that like, yes, we have obsidian in the house. Um, there's also the rumors that obsidian might be working on a fallout. Now yeah. that Bethesda is incorporated into the, into the body. Uh, but we'll see like, that would be like a, literally a logo or something, yeah. you know, that that's years and years away. But like, I mean, maybe I'd like to see more avowed, but I just don't think it's a priority right now. Okay. Uh, next up, a game I think both of us will agree we're probably not going to see at all, and that is The Elder Scrolls Six. No. Elder Scrolls Six is an end-of-generation game, uh, I think. The I think pipe we'll dream. See that. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I, think, I think Elder Scrolls Six will probably also, you know, Elder Scrolls Six they will be touting the features it has on the next Xbox, I think. I think it's um, years and years away. So... Starfield, then Elder Scrolls Six, and yeah. they're going to let Starfield cook for a while before they. Yeah, and they're going to support Starfield for a while. There's probably going to be you know several DLC things, and you know you're not looking at uh, probably not looking at you know full scale, full steam ahead, all hands on deck production on Elder Scrolls Six until 2023. Um, I think a lot of people will be disappointed to hear that it's not already in full scale I mean, production. Scrolls, but you're Scrolls... right, it's not. No, Elder Scrolls Six is forever away. It's all like, hands like, on deck for Starfield. They're just trying to get yeah, it finished. Don't, and... don't even try not to even think about it. This is the way I go about it. It's like Elder Scrolls Six is so far out, you might as well not even bother. Like I'm, we're gonna be, like we're gonna be almost fifty by the time we play that game. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you do you think that it was a mistake to release that teaser trailer? I mean, I have always gotten the impression that that they announced in T Starfield and Elder Scrolls on at, in that presentation because they were they felt they had no choice. I have always felt that um especially in the wake of Fallout 76's release that they knew what Fallout 76 was going to end up being and the reaction to it and they had felt that they had to put out those two announcements of these really really early not going to be done for years projects that they knew people would be more positive about to give them something to look forward to. How much do you think Fallout 76 set everything back? Like, I mean, obviously we know already it was a huge mistake because mm -hmm. the game is, it, it's done okay now that it's gone to Game Pass. It seems to be finding an audience there. Yeah, they've, they've whipped it into, into a decent shape. But, but was like, it worth it? I would not think so. Um, Especially if it cost games like Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield from not coming out earlier. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the plan there was to put out a persistent multiplayer game that could kind of roll in the microtransactions for the years it was going to take them to get Starfield and Elder Scrolls done. Mm -hmm. um, sort of just a constant stream of revenue to sort of keep the ship afloat. And that just did not pan out. I think they were hoping for it to be sort of the Elder Scrolls Blades of the consoles and PC for them. Mm -hmm. And that obviously did not happen. Yeah. Um, and that might have been a factor in why they decided to sell to Microsoft. Well, I'll say this. If that game convinced them to trash their old engine and build a new one, it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I game, mean, that game does look terrible. 
Yeah, I mean, we're still getting Starfield on the old engine, but uh, Elder Scrolls Six is supposedly using something new, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we will see. Next up, a game people may have forgotten about. I certainly did. Bright Memory Infinite from Playism. Um, this game. What is this? So it's like that first. <laughs> I read this title in the rundown. I'm like. What is that? It's that like first person. It's not a, just a shooter. Oh, that first thing they showed in the reveal of the Series X presentation. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people forgot about it because it's everything else has been promoted since, and it's just yeah. kind of disappeared. Um, I think I was. I think at the time I was under the impression that was probably going to be like a launch title. Yeah, well, it well yeah, when you show it first, and, one. Yeah, yeah. It, I it don't felt like it. The, it felt like the Godfall of of the Series X. <laughs> You know, like, I mean, look, you could only do this on this system. Who cares? <laughs> OK, that's yeah. actually a really good comparison. Um, it doesn't look great, but it is another feather in the cap for Xbox Series. Mm-hmm. It will be exclusive, a console exclusive anyway. Um, but maybe there is a reason it's disappeared. Maybe it's having development problems. We haven't heard anything from it for a while, but I suspect. Yeah. We'll Ironically, not a bright memory for me. <laughs> yeah, you hardly even for- remembered it at all. So no, hardly infinite. Yeah. No. Um, next. It doesn't help that it's named after a like a Square Enix game from the 360 era. Like it's just like what? It's just, it's just three words. It definitely <laughs> sounds like a Japanese game. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly a Japanese Gen Nine game because they yeah, all have seemed to have goofy titles like it's that. Got, it's got big infinite undiscovery energy in the title. <laughs> undiscovery. <laughs> I love that. It's like transferring. They always come up with like goofy <laughs> terminology that they want people to adopt that never do. Um, let's see. Next up, State of Decay 3. All we've got so far is a CG, essentially a CG trailer mm-hmm. of this. State of Decay 2 also has seemed to find another audience on Game Pass. <clears throat> it's doing pretty well on the service. Uh, they also have been very dedicated at updating the game and improving it from launch, which was pretty important considering the state that it was in at launch. Mm-hmm. What do you expect? It's come a long we'll way now. It has, yeah. What do you expect that we'll see from this, if anything? At I think we might see like a little like more of a because the the trailer last year was more of a CG proof of concept thing. Yeah. It was more of like a hey, this is a thing we're working on. Mm-hmm. See you later, kind of. Thing. Yeah, it was like it was one of those trailers where you're like, okay, this project exists, but don't get to you know, don't put pre order down quite yet, you know. So like Ubisoft does a lot, um, but uh, I, these guys have been pretty consistent, and they are they are uh, they 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 are a factory. I mean, they are they churn this stuff out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see a, like a gameplay demo or something or something of this. I don't I don't like a think this is demo. this. Wow. Yeah, I don't think this is or maybe a game tra- play trailer. Like I think we will see some. I think we could see some in-engine stuff on this. Um, like, well, I don't one think thing it's you this could year, say, but like it feels about time that they would be able to show you like a little vertical slice sort of thing. Well, one thing you cannot say is that they're not afraid to release games unless they're perfect <laughs> or to yeah, showcase. Yeah, they like, are... If they're willing to release State of Decay two in the state that it was in, they're going to show State of Decay three before a lot of maybe other developers would be willing yeah, to show the, it. Uh, I mean, I, I like the State of Decay games. I, I respect what they're after, and yeah. uh, I kind of respect their their willingness to like, sort of like put out these like sprawling, messy games and sort of like you know tighten them up as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, part, some of that to me, some of the some of the jank in the State of Decay games is sort of the appeal in places. Yeah. Um, like I understand sometimes it's really funny. Like just yeah. crazy like, stuff happens someone, in the game, and I understand why someone wouldn't like it because like you know. Uh, 
there are consequences in that game in that game yeah. you know like the there's survival there's, you know, stuff can be pretty survival stuff and like you lose a character you lose the character like yeah, that, you know, it's your favorite one of your favorites then that changes how you're going to play the game from now on um but if you can kind of let go of that sort of have to do everything perfectly thing and kind of let it unfold uh it's a lot of fun i would also um, argue that that franchise of a lot of the ones we're talking about for xbox could benefit the most from just having raw more raw horsepower yeah because yeah, really, sure. they they tend to make those games. They they build them over the head of the hardware that they're making them for a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, if they just have a bunch of extra overhead now that they can use to develop with, I that again that portends even more towards them actually showing something yeah, from the game. There's a lot of ambition in those games, and they they they're they're. Their reach exceeds their grasp at times. Um, but I like that. You know, it's it's better than sitting back and not doing anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get, yeah, they're going to be frustrated. I think I stopped playing too when I hit a point where it just wouldn't let me park my cars anymore. Right. And I'm just like, all right, well then <laughs> yep. fuck you. Got to draw guess. the line somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> That's a good but, place uh, to be. I really liked them. And I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of waiting for the, 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 the state of decay that finally sort of realizes its ambitions and sort of nails the formula. Maybe three will be that. Certainly no um, excuses now with all the, Horsepower you have at your disposal. The horsepower, to the you got game. support. You got like a network of developers working together now with the new acquisitions. Um, I feel like you've got kind of the in-house expertise and in-house advisory capacity that you can make. This can definitely be something special, even beyond what they've already done. Yep, I'm excited um, for it, and I do agree with you. I think we'll see something from it. I think I would be surprised if they do a big demo of it. Um, but I do think we'll see like in-engine yeah. stuff, like a gameplay. I trailer. think the size of the presentation of this is going to depend on what else is ready. Yeah, that's true. You know, if, like, I mean, that always stuff factors is, in. Yeah, if you're not ready to show if like Fable Four or like a new Forza or whatever, or, or maybe even Hellblade, like yeah, bust out the State of Decay deep dive. You know, like <laughs> all the day. Yeah, but uh, I think I think it's going to be a very. I think uh, this game is going to be what we would call in a in a show stack the accordion. Yep. The one that can fly. They're like, oh, your demo's yeah. 10 minutes? How about four? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Starfield dropped out? Now it's 10 now again. Now it's 10 again. Can you exactly. Can you, can you, yeah. <laughs> Just zombies. Just give us zombies. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Rare's Everwild. Matt, initially, one of my E3 predictions, and I, cha- and I removed it for something else, was that Everwild would be the big surprise from E3 2021, mm. the game that like people aren't thinking about or don't care about right now, but after E3, they will. Um, how do you feel about that? Are you excited for Everwild? I'm interested. I I feel it's kind of a coin flip as to whether we even see it. Um, we have two they, trailers for it already. Yeah, but they seemed real sketchy on what it was. Yeah. And they're kind of like... Even last E3, they're sort of like, yeah, we're still sort of figuring out what the game is. And then later, they're like, no, we didn't mean that. Uh, we mean, uh, you know, details. Like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, I think this game is, is spent a lot of time in kind of a nebulous form, and they're sort of hammering together what it's going to actually, you know, be. Um, whether If they've done that by now, maybe. Uh, if not, I could see it skipping and not popping up until later. Yeah, I mean, you're um, right. It's, it is kind of ambiguous what it actually is, but it really mm. is starting to appear like it's kind of like a hunter-gatherer adventure-style mm. game. Um, sort of, or it could, there's some Zelda in there. There's some 
there's some Far Cry in there. There's, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's a it's a mix of it feels like a mix of like about five people's different favorite things. <laughs> I um, wouldn't be surprised as well if there's some kind of huge online component to it after yeah, the success feel, of Sea of Thieves. Like, yeah. Well, also it feels like. Um, didn't it feel like someone in that in that dev team making some decisions is a big fan of Journey? Yeah. Like yeah, there's going to be absolutely. something like that in there, you know? And I will say this, Matt. I have finally given up my pipe dream of a new banjo game. And I will not mm, be mm-hmm. I will not be predicting that Rare will show a new banjo game. You decided E3. to stop doing that to yourself, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, I think I finally accepted that franchise may just be dead or best case scenario it ends up getting farmed out to someone else and Rare doesn't handle it because yeah. I feel like by now if Rare wanted to do it, they would it would have done it. So... Yeah. I would not keep my fingers crossed in hopes for a new. Also, like game. I do feel like the the lack of performance from other 3D platformer kind of rev- revivals has probably put Microsoft off that idea. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, Psychonauts Two this, is coming soon, but if I were Microsoft, if I were feeling daring, if I were Microsoft and I was feeling daring, I would have Rare make it for the Switch. That certainly is daring. Because they, because because you know you're still gonna make money, yeah, and you've got a good relationship with Nintendo, and you already put Banjo in Smash, yeah, like that's a pretty good partnership bone. I think throw. the only way they would do that is if Nintendo agreed to put Game Pass on Switch, which is never that gonna is, happen. Yeah, but like we know, we know they tried. We know Microsoft yeah. was trying to negotiate that at one point. They were trying to ne- anyone is, any device. Banjo's Microsoft's th- trying to get Game Pass on it. Banjo 3 uh, is a pretty good horse for that horse trading situation. Yeah. I would say. Because, like, you, know, you know, Nintendo has to know, like, that, you know, their, their 3D platformers, especially the classic stuff, does sell on that system in a way that it doesn't on others. Everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they, you know, they're, they got Mario Odyssey out and they're working on a Donkey Kong, so to speak, or so we believe. Um, if they could have another company you know, crap out another a banjo game on par with, you know, what the other stuff Nintendo's making, like that would be a feather in their cap. Yep. Would be. Um it's just a matter of whether you could get past all the corporate red tape and egos. My guess uh, is no to make it happen. <laughs> Usually not, but you never know. Yeah. You never know these days. I mean people said the same thing about Banjo and Smash. That's true. So yeah. we'll see you know Strange uh, things are happening Microsoft these days. recognizing very strongly that Nintendo is not really direct competition to them and that anything they can do together to damage Sony, uh, you know, you never know. Yeah. I'm not going to roll. I'm not going to place put money on it, but I'm not going to say it couldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's probably more likely we will just see a little trailer for Everwild. Yep. That's my guess, too. Next up, Fable 4. I think it's going to be called. Who knows? I think it's going to be Fable something else. Subtitle. Or either Fable subtitle or just Fable. Yeah. Being developed like by... Like, they're starting over. Yeah, being developed by Playground Games, the studio behind the Forza Horizon franchise. In fact, the game is being built on the Forza Horizon engine, which when we discussed it earlier, I was very concerned about. You didn't seem anywhere near as concerned about it as I was. No. Um, all we've seen so far is this CG trailer for the game. They haven't shown mm-hmm. anything. Do you think we'll see anything from at E3? I really uh, am feeling like probably not. Yeah, the cynical side of me feels like Fable's still very much in in the kneading the dough phase. Yeah, um, like it's not ready to. You're not ready to see anything. I think they just showed us that CG teaser is sort of you know evidence that they're doing it. Um, but you never know. Like you know, Playground is an efficient company. And they might have something. 
Um, I think it depends when they intend to put it out. Like if it's if if that game's next fall or at the earliest, like there's no reason to waste time on it this year. Yeah. And I think people will be it. disappointed if they don't see something on it, but I would For set sure. your expectations to middling. To yeah, be I would love to see it because, uh, you know, of, of all of Microsoft's uh, projects in development, I would say that is like either my number one or number two one I'm most curious about. Right. The curiosity um, level for it is yeah. like sky high. I agree. Yeah. It's the one, it's um, the biggest X factor without a doubt. Yeah. Like I'm not saying I'm excited about it, but I'm really curious. Yep. Like, I, I just want to see things. Um, but it would, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm personally assuming we're not going to see it. I, I would assume that as well. And I think everybody watching the show right now should assume that as well. Yeah. And then if it does happen, woohoo, we're all surprised. Oh, yeah, very pleasantly surprised yeah. if that does happen. Which is one of our categories in best of E3, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be great if we could slot that in as the yeah, winner. If, if that actually happened and I actually liked what I saw, that's a that's a real strong candidate for that category. Especially after Fable Legends, which was this game oh, yeah. that like was done and went into beta and tons of people played it and yeah. then they just killed it. Like, and spent money on it. Like people like bought, again, there was microtransactions that people spent money on. It. I mean, they got their money back, but yeah. like that yeah. was far along. Like I have never really heard of a satisfying explanation as to why they killed that. I haven't either. Other than it wasn't really like a fable game. You know? No, but it was kind of fun. Like yeah. I played it at, at E3 twice and I was, I thought it, I liked it. Like, also, like, I mean, I am a fan. It was an asymmetrical multiplayer game where, like, four players um, were playing the heroes and one player kind of played the dungeon master mm-hmm. sort of thing. It was, like, throwing yeah. traps and monsters in the, in the way of the, the players. And I really like that. I like uh, the idea of play. it, too. Yeah. I like that. I have a couple. I have some board games that play like that. And it's, it's a lot of fun in that setting. Uh, I don't know if a game, a video game has ever really nailed that, but I'd like to see someone try. Yeah. Um, and my, the, 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 you know, the, the money and muscle of Microsoft behind that made it feel like maybe they could get somewhere with it and it just never happened. Just didn't seem um, like the right IP for it, to be honest. It was a weird choice for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, it would really work for, for a, a setup like that. Star Wars. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Like four, four rebel players and one Imperial player. I have a, I have a board game called Imperial Assault. That's like that. Like that would really work. I think Halo would work too. Yeah, Halo would work. Because you have all these races of enemies, and if you could just spawn, Mm -hmm. like, 50 Flood or whatever, any of the different enemy races that are in the franchise, like, you could do something. stuff. Especially if you turn, if everyone was playing Spartans and, like, ODST, and, like, it was, like, a twin stick thing, almost. Yeah. But, like, the the Flood or the, the, the Covenant player could kind of, like trigger like waves right that's what i'm in saying different places yeah, yeah like that, that would that would be a thing it could work but not gonna happen <laughs> no now we're off in really weird territory on that it's like we're, we're brainstorming stuff for them well well matt speaking of really weird territory here's arc 2 <laughs> yeah somehow has become an xbox slash pc exclusive <laughs> it stars vin diesel vehicle identification number diesel <laughs> say his full name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just so bizarre seeing him dressed up as like this villager mm. with like the headdress on. It just when I think of Vin Diesel, this is not what I think about. And I do know he's like a big gamer, a giant nerd. I know, I know he I'm is. Like exactly, yeah. it feels exactly up his up his alley on this one. Well, I think and it's something a, that he would want to do. Pro, he's a big fan. Yeah, he's a big fan of the first game. It just doesn't match his typecasting, where as far as what he is in film and and stuff like that. Like, I just don't see him being, like, yeah, the, it's, the emotional it's tribal leader for some no, reason. No, it's weird. But it's also, it's, like, it's funny because, like, everyone thinks of him basically as Dom from Fast and the Furious. Right. 
But if you see him in interviews or you meet him, he's not like that. I know, I know. It's like, odd it, that he's, he's been cast that way. Which, which also, like, I mean, he's executive producer on most of the stuff he does. So, like, the, so it's like Vin. So Dom in the Fast and the Furious, the choice apparently. Yeah, he wants um, to play that role. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so um, weird. But like, he's not like that in person. I know. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a he's a pretty open, like, personable person. He's a geek. Um, yeah, absolutely. He loves geek as, culture. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's happy to talk about all that stuff. I mean, he taught Judy Dench how to play D and D. Right. When they were making Chronicles of Riddick, like that was his thing is he wanted to work with Judy Dench. And apparently one night he got some of the some of the crew and cast together and taught her how to play D and D. And I I would pay a <laughs> lot of money if there's a video of that somewhere because I desperately want to see Judy Dench learn how to play a half elf. Yeah. Uh, that is that is a that is a, a holy grail for me. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I don't know. I, I think we might see a lot of this one. I do too. Uh, yeah, especially because Arc One like basically just finished. Yep. You know, their the DLC just came out. Like they've made a big deal about like the the saga is complete kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So this feels like pretty much the right time. You know, and, and they got to keep that that monetary you know that that revenue wheel rolling. So uh, I feel like this is probably a, a a pretty safe bet to be one of the big blowouts in this presentation. People may not realize how big Ark the first game Ark is. is big. It Ark is, is a gigantic. Big deal. Among my nephews, it is one of the biggest games ever. Like mm-hmm. they play it obsessively, and uh, this game's going to be a big hit for Microsoft. It's going to move the needle for yeah. them. I know you may sit there and be like, I don't care about Ark. I don't really either. I'll be perfectly honest no. with you. I played the first I've tried to play for... it. I've, I've tried to play it four times, and I I've bounced it. off every time. It's so bad. Like it's when it such first a launched, it was so clanky... hard to get through the first yeah, hour. It's just not fun for me. I, I didn't I, find I, it fun either. It's very hard to control. I find the controls and interface terrible. I think it's janky as all hell in a bad way. Like I, I'm like, I just want to ride a dinosaur, but I can't even build a hut. Like yeah, I know, and it, it takes like three hours, four hours before you can even think about riding yeah. a dinosaur. It just but like there's people that get it. And, you know, obviously it works for a lot of people. And um, oh, my one maybe... nephew has built like a shopping mall in that game. <laughs> like it's unreal how far he has gone into it, and he waits for every little new DLC release, mm-hmm. every expansion. Like I'll talk to his parents, and they'll be like, "Hey." Seth wants to know, like, when is the new arc blah, blah, blah coming out? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even follow the game. And they're, like, yeah. flabbergasted. They're like, you know everything. And I'm like, I don't follow that game. Um, it's funny yeah. how parents are like, well, there can't be that many, right? And it's like, oh, oh. you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I agree with you. I do expect that we're going to see a lot from this game at uh, E3 2021. I would not be surprised if there's a big seven, eight-minute mm. long gameplay demo to show it off. I also would not be surprised if it's hosted by Vin Diesel. Yeah, I would imagine that <laughs> might be a thing, especially uh, I, since he's a producer on the game. Yep. So. Are you guys starting to figure out yet that what I was saying before we started talking about Xbox, about how many games there are? We're not done yet, mm-hmm. and we're still going. Like, there are a yeah. lot of games. That also, Ar- Ark is one of those games that I would say, like, I wish – Ark is one of those games I wish I liked. Yeah. Like, I wish <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. There's nothing in that game that I shouldn't like. It's, like, sci-fi stuff and weird building stuff and dinosaurs and taming dinosaurs and fighting dinosaurs and riding dinosaurs and dragons and things. I'm just like, I, I just can't. Yeah. Just can't. Yeah, me either. Um, next up, Stalker 2, another PC slash Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. Matt, did you like the first Stalker? 
It did like once it was modded up. Yeah, yeah and it's, fixed it's a, a little bit because it also had some issues at launch. It was a little yeah. busted. But it's I still it's still good. Like you know it's it's uh, it's not for everybody. It's it's very hard, and uh, you know you 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 there's consequences for screwing up and all that. But it's kind of like nothing else. Like there's you know it's it's very it's a very singular game. Um, it's like survival horror, sur- survival slash horror immersive shooter, sim immersive slash. sim. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it, like it's everything to some degree, but it's also like no, it's not, the combination of it is different from everything. It's also like very narrative driven. It's yeah, I bounce. I'll, I'll admit, I bounced off the first one pretty hard. I. Mm-hmm. It's one of those Eastern European games. They're always set in like Chernobyl or some place like that. I don't know what it is about games like that that just don't interest me, but this franchise in particular has just mm-hmm. never really resonated so that guy, for me. That guy at the campfire was like, get out of here, stalker. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All <done>. right. <laughs> you don't have to ask me twice. I'm good. <laughs> it's also based on a really good movie if you if you ever feel like looking, looking that one up. Yeah. Um, do you think we'll see a lot of this? I feel like this is early. I yeah, feel like this we've only is seen they've only released like yet. two trailers, and the second one was literally like twenty seconds long or something. And um, we haven't seen much of it so far. I think it's still probably a ways away. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this game is even scheduled yeah. for like tw- late twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this is a twenty three game. Yeah, so I don't expect to see much of it. Maybe a trailer that finally shows off real gameplay because they put out a gameplay trailer that ended up just being like, hey, here's some in-engine stuff. So you know that like the game actually exists, but it wasn't really um, a gameplay trailer that we're used to in the mm-hmm. traditional sense of the word anyway. Um, next up, like I said, it just keeps going. And this one's a big one. Perfect Dark. Coming from yeah. Microsoft's brand new studio, um, no pedigree, nothing to look at to say, hey, these guys and girls are good at this or bad at that. <laughs> um, just, just a CG trailer of a tower. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and you're, you're right. What we've seen of it so far didn't show much. It's all CG. There's no in-engine stuff. Do you think we'll see much from this game? I don't think so. I think I think this one's way out, too. Um yeah, I would say 2023 at the earliest. Yeah. Even though they had worked on it for quite a while before it was announced. They had been working on it for at least a year before they put out the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's still not a lot of time for a, a new no. studio and to get I, up I think and they've got the shooter thing covered in this presentation. Yeah. You, know, you got Halo Infinite. You got Bright Memory probably. I also um, wonder just how much built-in interest there is left for Perfect Dark. Yeah, I mean that's a, I mean there's definitely a nostalgia factor, but who knows what this is going to turn out to to be? Or if it's you know it's, it's it seems like a, a reimagining reboot sort of thing. Um, we got to be careful talking about Perfect Dark, Matt. The last time we talked about it, people got really angry with us because <laughs> oh, yeah, we were talking we about the original and how we feel like you know it doesn't hold up as well as maybe. We might have thought it would when we first played. Oh, and people were like, are you crazy? It's like the greatest shooter of a generation. And I'm like, yeah. It's not even as good as GoldenEye. I agree with that. Yeah. It ran poorly, even with the expansion pack. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I did not. I probably played Perfect Dark about one-fifth as much as I played GoldenEye, to put it in perspective. Um, And look, I'm glad that they're bringing it back. It does have fans, obviously, because when we talk about it, they get pissed off. So they're out there. Yeah, there's definitely potential there, but it's also sort of like, I think even if you're a fan, you have to admit that, like, 
it could probably stay in the past. Yeah. You know, are you going to like... Joanna's not but, really a memorable character. The plot no, was kind of... Are you going to like whatever new thing they make as much as you like the N64 one? Like this, that You know, even if you are a diehard fan of the N64 Perfect Dark, it's like that was sort of a, a point in time. Yeah. You know? And the like, plot was kind of goofy. Like, I don't know. I We'll see. I, uh, honestly, starting with an IP I know is probably better than launching a new IP. So I guess I'm just going to withhold judgment on this game and hope that the new studio can pull off something really cool. Um, but, like, the plot was dumb in the last one. Where do you go from there, from, like, a goofy alien named Elvis? Like, is it still yeah. going to have kind of, like, that tongue-in-cheek element to it like the first one did? It'll be interesting. And if it doesn't, do you, are you alienating the people who liked it? Exactly. You know, like, yeah. it's all, I think it's a hard property to, to, you know, to rework. Yeah, I'd agree with it. Um, so we'll see. But Perfect Dark on the docket, another game. Um, and then next we'll talk briefly about Starfield because still we only have like a five second nothing yeah. trailer for it. This is really maybe the biggest game that's impending other than Halo. Uh, what do you think we're going to see from Bethesda Starfield? And they hope I mean I hope to God we see something. Yeah, I would I would think we're going to see it, some kind of gameplay demo here, either pre-recorded or uh, you know live. I mean I don't know what they're going to do with this presentation if it's all pre-recorded or what. Um, but, uh, I would like to think that this would be sort of the, uh, the third pillar of this presentation. Um, you've got Halo, you've got, uh, um, Ark and you've got Starfield, uh, would kind of be my, my expectation. Yeah. Um, maybe we do see it this year. Maybe we see it early next year, but I think it's, I think it's about time for Starfield. There's so much smoke here. There has to be some fire. Also, so many leaks and like, yeah. we haven't really got any footage of it yet, but tons of screenshots have leaked out. It looks pretty awesome from the screens that we've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Skyrim in space is not a thing I'm going to sneeze at. Yeah. For sure. Like I, I I'm in, definitely interested. Um, I don't know. It's like, you know, I mean, again, this is this is when I said that like Fable 4 was like number one or number two on my curiosity list for the, for Microsoft Starfield's number one. Yep. Um, or number, you know, depending on what the day it is. But usually Starfield is number one. Yeah. Um, space that. stuff is space stuff is my thing. I'm in the middle. I'm still you know, working on my Mass Effect trilogy replay here with yeah. the Legendary Edition. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm still in the middle of all that. I just and finished like, Biomutant, believe it or not. I ended up finishing oof. that game. I never. I went back to it a little bit, but I just. It I got so point. easy after a while yeah. that I just tore through the last half of the game, like literally okay. just tore through it. I'm not sure, but for me, it's been very frustrating because I like to sort of explore and push things, and like I die in the stupid water so yeah. much because I think I can make it, and then suddenly my, the you know the, the the energy or whatever drains way faster than you oh, no, think. They made the distance of those things perfect. You die mm -hmm. before you make the last jump to make it to land. I tried yeah. it. And then finally, I was just like, screw it. I'm just going to upgrade my jet ski. And didn't realize, mm -hmm. like, I had to Google how to upgrade the jet ski. <laughs> I didn't realize, like, yeah. that you sit on it, and then there's a special menu that pops up to upgrade it. It's not in, like, the other menu. It's so dumb. But anyway, there's a pro tip for you if you're wondering how to yeah. upgrade the jet ski. That's well, how you do it. Because I went back to the guy who gave me the jet ski. And like he wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'm like, well, no, what, what, you have what, to what? sit on the jet ski, and then there's a little thing that pops uh, up, and you select it, and that's. And I went from base jet ski to fully upgraded in one second. Yeah. <laughs> and once you do that, the game. Once you have the jet ski and you can go anywhere, the game just is a cakewalk. I literally mm. never died the last 
half, more than half of the game. So anyway, I did finish Biomutant. If I have time, look for a game eval of that soon. Uh, let's see. Next up, here comes the Forza games. The Forza Horizon, Forza Motorsport. Um, what do you expect from both of these games? So Forza Motorsport was shown at the debut of Xbox Series. Forza Horizon 5 has not been shown at all, but that game is like a clock. That franchise is like a clock. Yeah. It comes out without fail every other year. So it's due. Motorsport probably should be due. It's been, Matt, like five years or something since the last Motorsport game. Mm-hmm. It was 2017, I think it was, was the last one. So it's had plenty of time to work on this in conjunction with Horizon. Um I wouldn't be surprised if we see a nice chunk of demo from this, too. And, mm-hmm. and keeping in mind that for whatever reason, Microsoft always shows too much of this game at its press conferences. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it is, yeah. but it always well, does. Good, it's a good, like, graphical bells and whistles yeah. show-off thing. You know, cars are easy. You know, vehicles are easy to model and make look photo real. Yeah. Um, you know, so it makes sense, but, like... I'm still a little shocked that like their big ray tracing demo wasn't just panning around a Forza Motorsport car. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it wasn't because I'm tired of that. But like, yeah, I mean, Horizon Five would be nice. Uh, there are a lot of leaks for me. It feels about time, you know. And, and you're starting to get leaks about like brand deals, which yeah. feel like that's pretty, you know, Hot Wheels. You know, there's, there's like. There's like, you know, rumblings about Hot Wheels having a deal with the new one, which means like that would have to be pretty soon because you don't you don't approach the companies for that without, you know, having something directly in the pipeline. Uh, Supposedly it's set in Mexico. Um, You know, there's a lot of some detail coming up, but like it feels about time because I think yeah, the last one was what, 2018? Was it? I thought it was 2019, Forza Horizon 4. No? Forza Horizon 4? I thought it was 2018. Huh. I thought that was right after I moved into this house. Then it's overdue. (laughs) <laughs> for for a new installment that gives them an extra year, and obviously they're working on a bunch of stuff. So yeah, September twenty eighteen. Okay, so it's definitely due then. I thought it was only two years, but you're right. If it's three, it's definitely due. Um, so I would not be surprised if we get a pretty good look at that as well. Matt, there's just so much. Like I'm, part of the problem now is how do you squeeze all this stuff into one press conference? There's going to be some hard cuts, I think. Because then, what yeah. about third party? You're going to show any third party stuff at your presser? I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. Some. Like they've Especially still if PlayStation's some... not doing anything. You have all the third party stuff to yourself to pick and choose from. How can you not show it? So mm-hmm. there's going to be some disappointment for some people, I think, after the Microsoft press conference is over because there's just not enough time in the world to go over all this stuff. It just yeah. took it's us. It's like a non zero chance that they're going to get some COD in there. Matt, it just took us 30 minutes to talk about it. The, mm-hmm. their lineup think about that so if you actually show like trailers for all this stuff and you do the intros and the outros and all the staging stuff that goes on like yeah like they're I mean, gonna I run out of time i don't think they're gonna do that i think they're gonna do it more like an like a direct where it's just like boom 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 mm. i think that's the style that's the proven style that works at this point yeah so uh i would guess that that's how they're gonna roll with it but I think you're still going to get Phil in there doing little bits in between. Oh, you'll, yeah, you'll get the usual executive spiel. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a faster paced thing. Yep. Sony does that too. You know, like they they learned eventually. Yep. Uh, so anyway, it is shaping up to be one hell of an E3 for Xbox. If you got a Series X, regardless of the stuff that gets cut out of this presentation, I think you're going to be very, very happy when E3 is over with. You're going to feel justified in that $547 that you dropped for your Xbox Series X. 
Um, I think Microsoft is primed to have a really, really good E3. I don't know how you could watch what we just covered in the last 30 minutes and not be convinced of that. If you're an Xbox fan, you should be very, very excited. All right, let's move on to one of the biggest third-party publishers and one of the few that is actually doing a press conference, Ubisoft. Though, Matt, I will say this. The lineup for Ubisoft this year may be the weakest of the E3 lineup I've ever seen. Um, There are, obviously, Assassin's Creed has taken the year off, so there's one huge franchise that most times is at the Ubisoft press event that's not going to be there. Um, Watch Dogs, we're not going to see anything from that franchise there. Um, But we are going to... If ever again. If ever again. Yeah, after what happened with Legion, it did not sell very well. So, relatively speaking, anyway, for a smaller publisher, it would have done fine. But for Ubisoft which counts on like 11 to 14 million in sales. Mm-hmm. It didn't get anywhere near that. So Especially with the amount of time it was in development. Yep, and all the headaches that went along with it. And yeah, they've given that franchise three really solid shots, and I just hasn't happened. It really hasn't. I think the sales may have gone down for three versus two, actually. Maybe. Could have um, been. Which is a shame because it was a far more ambitious game, to be perfectly honest with you, from the other two. And I would argue it also finally got to, or at least close to, what was promised with the original Watch Dogs when we first saw it. Um, Because as you know, a lot of the features that were supposed to be in the first one never made it. And they slowly like trickled into the next two games. Uh, So big boys off the board for Ubisoft. But we are getting a look at Rainbow Six. Let's see, it was called Rainbow Six Quarantine... Then was it called like Extinction or something for a little while? Now it's called Rainbow Six Extraction. Mm-hmm. However, it does not appear that the actual game itself has changed. It still appears... No, you just keep changing the title. They changed the title, but it still appears that it's going to be kind of a horde-based zombie shooter. Um, maybe still should have given it its own IP instead of attaching Rainbow Six to it. I don't know that it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's free... It's free publicity, basically. Yeah. Um, But this is, it appears that this is going to be like the big focus of Ubisoft's E3 presence this year. Um, Good luck. They're looking at that siege money, and I think they're trying to think, oh, all these siege Mm -hmm. players are going to come over and play this zombie shooter. Like, I I don't know. I think they may be in for an unpleasant surprise. Um, But is it asymmetrical? I don't remember, actually. I don't know. Uh, But I know it's like a team based zombie shooter. Uh, maybe yeah, I don't think, I don't think another player is on the zombie side. What'd you I say? It's just, I don't think another player is on the zombie side. Oh, okay. So it's just a co-op zombie shooter. I think it's shooter. just, yeah. I mean, I there, so. there are a dime a dozen. I just, I don't know. Like, I liked World War Z a lot. <laughs> more than I probably should have. So maybe I'll like this more than I probably mm-hmm. should. But again, I just don't think it makes sense for Rainbow Six. Um, maybe they should have launched a new IP. Maybe not a I don't think idea. a new IP would make sense here. I think Rainbow Six. I don't know why you're so dead set against it not being Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six is a complete bullshit like label you can slap on anything. Like it doesn't. Who cares? Like the because like I remember is, the real Rainbow Six. It was a tactical team based shooter where who like gives a shit. Now they're fighting drones in a <laughs> jungle with their Terminators and Predators and shit. Like it I'm not mean alone, Matt. Anymore. There's a lot of people that remember classic Rainbow Six as something I mean, I entirely. I remember classic different. Rainbow Six, but like that was 1996. Like move on. Like it's weird and sci fi now. Like it's all you know. And, and you sla- you know, like you said, like a, you know, this kind of thing's a dime a dozen now. You slap Rainbow Six on that thing you put tom clancy on it now you got the attention of a bunch of gun nut weirdos and people who like to play these games by default and they'll give it a try 
maybe I don't know if that's going to work long term, but like it makes sense to me. Like Matt, it's, you're, I think you're start, part, you're part of my frustration, Matt, is that they've also completely wiped what Ghost Recon was. So oh sure, I had these yeah. two franchises, and I would I would agree. You know, they were too similar probably to exist at least from the same publisher. So okay, you want to branch out a little bit? Pick one. Like, mm. pick one of the two franchises and go off on a tangent. Don't take both of them off in these weird directions. Like, I don't have a Ghost Recon or a Rainbow Six that I like at this point. Like, they've all just kind of jumped the shark, to be perfectly well, honest. Well, it feels like Siege, is, Rainbow Six has kind of become, like, the more competitive thing. Yeah. And Ghost Recon has become sort of the open world co-op Whatever. thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and beyond that, who knows? You know, there used to be a time when the the Tom Clancy brand was even wider. You know, you had stuff like End War and things like that. I mean, I remember stuff like Rainbow Six Vegas. I really liked Vegas. Um, I did too. That era seems to be more or less over. It does. Um, yeah. And it's funny then because even at the time of Rainbow Six Vegas, people were complaining about how it was too action shooty shooty, and like the old Rainbow <laughs> Sixes were like tactical if only planning they knew games. What was coming? And, like, the, the majority <laughs> of the gameplay in the original Rainbow Sixes was literally drawing lines through maps. I know. And then, like you, they would just uh, your, your guys would just sort of do it. it and yeah. You could well, you plan it, guy. and then you hit the execute button and just let yeah. the bullets fly. Yeah. And you could like play one guy and help if you needed. You'd jump in and help if you needed to. But generally, you we were hoping that you planned it right so you didn't need to intervene. Yeah. Um, and then Rainbow Six Vegas was like, oh, it's too shooty, shooty, and actiony. And now everyone's just like, oh, I wish they go back to that Rainbow Six Vegas. That was really smart <laughs> and tactical. This is you know, it's like just getting dumber and dumber. Um, yeah. So I get what you mean, but it's like those days are you're, you're never going back to the original Rainbow Sixes. Like that's not going to happen. We're going like to rely Storm on a Rising. smaller. Red Storm Rising publisher. was a long, long time ago. It was. Um, let's see. Next up, we're not going to talk about this too long. Far Cry Six because we just covered it in the last yeah. episode of Game Face. They just did their big blowout. Their pre. Yeah, this blowout. is also going to be a big focus, I think, because yep, it I comes agree. out this year. Yep. And um, pretty soon, really you, it's not. Yeah, they really want you to buy the statue of the uh, the handicapped dog. Um, which I would probably buy. <laughs> that dog's pretty cute with his little his. little cart that he has his uh, his hind legs set up in. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I expect this this probably will be the biggest focus of Ubisoft's mm-hmm. press conference. They'll probably close it with it. Big gameplay demo. Yeah, although I mean, there's tons of gameplay the out there already. Honestly, like they let a lot yeah, of uh, influencers play it and put up big chunks of gameplay. Yeah. And they've done like the gameplay trailer and stuff. I mean, they they also haven't gone super deep into like what the various things are. So I could see some of that, like the mo- weapon mods. Yeah, you can you can go you can do a deeper dive on that. Um, really kind of dig into the urban combat because there's never been a city in the franchise before. There's stuff you could do. Um, yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I'm kind of sold on this one already. So yeah, I'm me sort too. Of, I'm, I'm sort of fine. Like I don't need I don't to see need a ton more. more. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, that's not other than, stop them. you know, making sure it's not a piece of junk because yeah, <laughs> it but is a Ubisoft open Cry. world game that tend to launch a little janky at times. Yeah, I mean, Miss Far Cry, they, they're all pretty, they're all pretty solid most of the time. Yep, uh, but I'm pretty excited about this game. Uh, their little event definitely uh, convinced me that it's something worth uh, keeping an eye on and worth following on Sifted.net. If you don't know how that functionality works, just go to the game page and click on the gear. And anything we publish for that game will pop up to the top of your sift. A little pro tip there for people who may be noobs to sifted. Um, and this is where things start to get a little dicey for Ubisoft and maybe mm-hmm. not all that exciting. Matt, what do you think is going to happen with Beyond Good and Evil 2? Um, nothing. Because like Michelle I'm Ansel that. left 
he's no longer at Ubisoft. He says he's like a some kind of an advisor on this game now, but he mm-hmm. basically had some allegations made against him, and shortly after that, he's like, you know what, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you need him to make this game, really. Yeah. Um, certainly, it's a big enough project, and everybody seems to understand what it's supposed to be, but like, I, it's been running silent so long, um, it feels like a bit of a vanity project. Ancel was trying to get it made for years and years, and there's some who believe that it, that even the existence of the project was basically a bone thrown to him to keep him quiet mm-hmm. or happy. Um, who knows? Like there's there's a there's a pretty large part of me that assumes that I will never play this game. Yeah, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that I'll probably never play it. But if I do, I'll be like bonus. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've been you got to realize like people have been begging for this for like ever since the first one launched, and we got that like little CG thing that floated around the internet for mm-hmm. years and years and like nothing ever came of it. And we got like all this footage of like what they were working on and they completely trashed all that. And now it's like this open world game set in space. And yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, they look, they just recently did say that like everything's going fine. Michelle Ansel leaving wasn't, you know, didn't affect the project. He's still around. We can still talk to him if we need to, that kind of stuff. So I do think it's still in full-scale development, but we'll see if it ever gets to a place where they're happy releasing it. Um, but, I mean, looking at what else Ubisoft has to show, I just, it's hard for me to imagine that they wouldn't show this game. Because they have done a bunch of live streams where they even showed, like, wireframe stuff to fans. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to imagine that they wouldn't show what they've got so far. Sort of. I just so far, everything we've seen has been either CG or pieces. Yeah, yeah. And, like... I don't know, like the idea that they've somehow pulled all that together in some kind of game is leaves still leaves me skeptical. I understand it. Totally. I just don't know what else Ubisoft is going to show, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, that's actually going to get people excited. I would also argue that going to the Ubisoft forward slash direct mm-hmm. format hurts Ubisoft more than any other publisher as far as E3 is concerned, because Ubisoft's press conferences were the ones that were always a little different. And some people may have hated it because they'll hire a comedian to host it and they'll do a dance number on stage and they'll play mm-hmm. laser tag in the crowd. And they mm-hmm. just they did things differently. And I feel like Ubisoft loses a little bit of its E3 flavor with the way things are right now, though I'm guessing next year everything returns back to normal. Mm-hmm. What would you put Beyond Good and Evil 2 at a percentage of being shown at E3? Like 10%. Oh, I would go higher than that. I would go probably 50-50 that we'll see something from it. We have to. Mm. It's been in development for forever. Like We don't have to anything. Ubisoft <laughs> will quietly kill anything they want. You go talk to the Skull and Bones team about that. Well, when we start going through the last couple options here on Ubisoft's mm. uh, E3 press conference plate, I think you may change your mind. For instance... I don't think so. Hang, hang on a sec. Sure. Uh-oh, we got a problem at Matt's house. I was afraid somebody broke into your house again, Matt. <laughs> no, uh, the cat pooped in the litter box in the bathroom, and I had to close the door because <laughs> holy shit. Literally, Literally. holy shit. <laughs> like, I was getting distracted. Ah, from the aroma. That. That's yeah. funny. Um, well, I don't know. I have a feeling you might change your mind, Matt, when we start talking about the last couple games that could be there, like Riders Republic, which is yeah. the follow-up to Steep. I mean, this is what we're talking about, though, for Ubisoft's press conference. This is all it's got. Mm. Um, I mean, they still do that. I mean, that doesn't, you know, having the rest of the lineup be underwhelming doesn't mean Beyond Good and Evil exists in any form beyond theory. Yeah, so. I guess. Um, Riders Republic is the sequel to Steep. Spiritual successor maybe is the best, mm-hmm. better way to put it. 
What about um, that roller derby thing? Did that ever happen? Roller champions. Yeah. Who knows? That's what I'm talking about, though. That's where we're at with Ubisoft at E3. Right, but I'm saying Beyond Good and Evil 2 is in the same category with things like that, where it's like, they just vanish. Yeah. Like, we see them once, and then they sort of like... Rrr. Well, they did show Roller Champions twice. I mean, I think yeah. they're going to show Roller Champions, and I think they're going to show Riders Republic. I think they'll show both of them. Um, do, will people care? Does it move the needle? No and no. <laughs> they just don't. This could honestly be the worst showing for Ubisoft at E3 in like 15 years. Yeah, like and I'm you know, they might show like the the new Assassin's Creed a teaser or something like that. You think they will? I think they'll show something. Oh, to, I, I yeah. didn't even put that on the rundown. I just really didn't think that was even an option. I mean, it's probably next year, but like I think you'll get it. At least like they'll be like, "Oh, it's going to be set in wherever." And we don't have a name for it, but it's coming. Because they got to show something about their ongoing stuff, right? Like, yeah. Like, and, and they know by this point, you know, the, the new Assassin's Creed is definitely like probably a year in development. I mean, already. I wouldn't be surprised if they show like more Valhalla DLC. No, Valhalla DLC is done. It's all finished now? As far as I know, yeah. Okay. I think so. I hope so, because like that, the, the the Druids thing was not great. The DLC for that has guess, not been as good as Odyssey's. Not even close. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I, guess, I guess they might have another one, another pack in there. But the thing is, like the second pack on the on these, the current one, you know, the ancient trilogy as they call them, has traditionally been like the big weird thing where you go to the land of the gods and like do all the myth- mythological stuff. And that was in the main game of Valhalla. You know, yeah. like you you went to Asgard and did all that stuff yep. with the gods and all that. So I don't know what that would be. Um, and then the flip, I mean, I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing some continuation of uh, the Immortals series. No. Um, a new game of that maybe DLC somewhere DLC or, or a sequel. They, no, they already did three. They just put out a third DLC for that. Um, the DLC is probably done for that by now, especially because the last two, the last, one of the, the new DLC is it doesn't even have anything to do with anything. It's just like a, it's a separate thing with a different character. Yeah, and like, you know, and the, really weird. The, China, the China one was similar, but it was like at least this, this you know, the, the, the form of the game. This is like almost like an arena battle, like me. I haven't even played it. It's, they it's definitely weird. had a different strategy. For the yeah. uh, post-launch content for that game, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't expansions of what was already there. It was more like sides. It was more like what they did with Far Cry Five, where it was all like side story things, like go to Mars or fight zombies or whatever, um, which is fine. I guess it's like, but I kind of like I kind of like in an open world, you know, action RPG like Immortal. I like I like adding on to the world. I like adding like more stuff for you to do in the game as opposed to like side story stuff yeah. that you play separately but I, you know whatever you want to do but i would like to see um that series continue in some form uh personally i would love to see uh that same treatment given to egyptian mythology no um because that shit's weird it is weird um Matt, but you know that they can't show a new assassin's creed until it's leaked first Oh, right. Someone has, <laughs> somebody has to get on an airplane with a laptop that's open. Or get on the subway with a laptop yeah, that's like, open. So hopefully you got, you got like three days. I mean, guys. I can't remember mm-hmm. the last Assassin's Creed that we did not at least know the mm-hmm. setting before it was ever announced. Can you? Yeah. No, nah, it's been a while. <laughs> a it's, long uh, while. Yeah. Probably got like maybe Black Flag. Yeah. The last think, one? I think so. Because yep. we definitely found out about, um, and even before that, we found out we knew three yeah. uh, from leaks, and we knew you Unity from leaks, and we Unity, knew Syndicate, Syndicate from leaks. All of them. 
Yeah. Syndicate, we knew the original title right. was going to be Victoria. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we definitely, Origins was leaked. Uh, Origins was a reworking of their old Osiris project to some yeah. degree, so that was not a surprise. Um, maybe yeah. they finally battened down the hatches and there are going to be no leaks for this one. I mean, um, I would put the new Assassin's Creed at a 10% chance we see something, but at the same time, they're pretty desperate this year, so they may roll it out just because. Yeah, I mean, it, might, it could just be like concept art pans or something, but I think we will at least find out where it's set. Because Ubisoft did say, in addition to this stuff, a few surprises. So Maybe just because it hasn't leaked, here's their chance to announce it for once. That's true. Before Kotaku does. As long as nobody knows already, let's just like get ahead of it and say it's set in Fuel Japan or something, whatever. Which would be awesome. I don't don't think it will be. I think Ghost of Tsushima probably killed that for a while because you're going to be compared to that game forever. But uh, I would love that, though. I'd ru- I, that. I, I did hear some rumors that it was going to be like set in like Aztec stuff or like oh. like New World, Make, like you know, uh, not New World because it would be before the, the Colombian invasion. But like um, like Incan or Aztec or something like that, which that would, would be pretty cool. cool. I take that, too. Uh, so anyway, that's Ubisoft at E3 2021. I will say this. It has the opportunity to maybe surprise more than most publishers because it's announced so little that's going to be at the show, and we mm-hmm. know so little already. So, and Ubisoft is good. Like, remember there was like the Mario Plus Rabbids thing that came out of nowhere, although that yeah. also leaked beforehand. I mean, I'm sure there'll <laughs> be a big Just Dance number. So, <laughs> and they'll be dancing just for, in the street. Just streets. for Pactor. Yeah. <laughs> Who loves that for some unknown reason? Uh, but anyway, that's Ubisoft. Time to move on to one of the big three, Nintendo. Really, still full bore with Switch. Just can't make enough to satisfy demand. Still, uh, still a big thirst for software, despite the fact that it has a pretty good library at this point. In fact, an amazing library at this point for a Nintendo platform. Um, in its is it its fourth year now? Is that right? Yep, gonna be four years old. It's, been, it's already four years old. Yeah, it just passed back in March. I guess four years, and it's still going strong. Which I can't remember. The last Nintendo platform that did that. The Wii didn't do that. The Wii was already dying by now. Yeah. Um, the GameCube definitely didn't do it. The Wii U obviously didn't do it. The N64 didn't do it either. I mean, no, really, the last. This is their strongest system since the Super Nintendo. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, man, there's just as many games still waiting to be released as there are for Mike for Microsoft. Yeah. But the big story that everyone's wondering about, and we're going to talk about it right off the top, is Switch Pro. Um, Mm. The news just keeps piling on for Switch Pro. We keep getting more reports from Bloomberg, more reports from Japan, from, you know, publications like Nikkei. Uh, I mean, in the the vein of what I just referenced, I do think it's going to be called the Super Nintendo Switch. Okay. Um, I like that. It it makes sense, too, in light of what we just talked about, how it's literally... Mm the most successful platform since Super Nintendo for Nintendo. Yep. If you're not counting handhelds, obviously. Right. DS, right. But, but, GBA. But you know, you know it was one of the really good things on the Super Nintendo? Metroid. <laughs> it was. In fact, one of the greatest games of all time, Super Metroid, yeah. was released for... Still. D- for- to the point that... Was it retro? Somebody they asked to make a Metroid game on the N64 refused... Because they didn't think they could do anything as good as Super Metroid. And I would argue on the N64, they were probably right. Probably correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that hardware, I, remember, I do not think was going to pull off a good no, 3D Metroid game. I don't Metroid remember game. who that was exactly, but they, but they asked somebody to make a Metroid game, for instance, some team to make a Metroid game, and they're like, we can't. 
yeah. do that. They we made the right choice. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely true. So, Matt, what do you think the chances are that we get finally the unveiling of an upgraded Switch in some form? At- no, I think that's 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing it one way, no matter what. Okay. Um, I wonder if Pactor still thinks it's not a real thing at this point. Does he still think that? <laughs> I don't know. We all, oh, by the way, we also are doing a, an E3 predictions episode from Pactor that will be going live late on Friday, just in time for E3. Um, so you'll be able to hear from him himself whether he thinks Switch Pro is going to be shown off or not. He has been fighting it for a long time. I mean, he has pretty good reasons why it doesn't make much sense, but then there's all this reporting to the contrary that just says, sorry, bro, like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this could be like the product of the show if it is in fact shown? Um, I mean, if it is, it's only because there's no other competition. But do you think this hardware revision could overshadow any game that may or may not be shown? No. No? You mean, like, in terms of, like, if they show Breath of the Wild 2, would be going to people more care more about the Super, Super Switch? Yeah. No. 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 People care about games more than hardware. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we do. I do. But I don't know about most people. Most people don't care what they're playing something on. Hmm. Most people never even buy the revision. They might this one. <laughs> if it really finally displays Depends. games like, in 4K. Uh, it, it, yeah, sort of. But, like, you know, I think a lot of the people that have a Switch don't care. Um, I do. But, like, you know, it's if it doesn't have ro- a robust uh, bonus to the handheld features, and, like, the screen matters. You know, screen mm-hmm. and battery life would be a big deal. Um, I don't think it's going to make as much of a splash because the people like me who care more about like what it's going to look like on a TV are not the majority of the Switch audience, as many, many polls have shown. Yeah. Um, I appreciate if that is indeed what they're doing with it. Like that will probably get my money, um, especially because there's so much you know life left in the upcoming library. It's not like they're going to move on to the next, you know, next gen Switch anytime soon. Um Unless this is more what they're trying to sell this as, I don't think it's going to be a leap. I don't think it's going to be a generational leap in power or anything. Um, it's just going to be kind of better, uh, which is fine. Um, yeah. But it, I don't think this is going to be that exciting a hardware revision that it would overshadow, like, you know, showing Breath of the Wild 2 or Metroid Prime 4. Nintendo may force people to buy it by just discontinuing the old Switch. I mean, I think that makes sense. To, I mean, not, I think you're going to. Aim for, the, aim for the same price point as the original Switch, and this would replace that skew, yeah. Um, and then the Switch Lite would continue to exist in its current form. Well, let me ask people. you this. If Nintendo does announce it and does say that we're discontinuing the old Switch and whatever's out there, once it's gone, it's gone, and this new one's 400 bucks, haha. then does it become the product of the show? Um, I don't see why. I mean, product of the show in what regard? Well, your I argument guess. was that it couldn't be product of the show because no one cares because they're not going to buy it. But now but if I'm, they're I'm, forced to buy it and it's the well, only my option. Argument would be is, be, my argument would be that it's product of the show because there's no other hardware. So what's, who cares? Like, okay. it's, it's the product of the show when you have no competition. Like, what's, what, you know, no one else is announcing a handheld or a, or a console. So, like, of course it's the hardware product of the show. It's the only hardware. I just think if, like, if Adam still worked at his old company, Spike Trap, I think the new Switch would be near the top of social media mentions when E3 is all said and done. I mean, maybe, I mean, I guess, but like, it depends what else is announced. And uh, I mean, the lack of Sony is going to help, but like, uh, and also Nintendo stuff always causes buzz because the Nintendo fans 
never shut up about it. So <laughs> yeah, like it's buzz. you know, of course. Yeah. But like, you know, they're gonna desperately want to throw money at the screen and have Nintendo take it from them, as always. But like, um, if they also show Breath of the Wild 2 in any kind of robust form, I think people will be more excited about that or at least be mentioned in tandem because that's what they're going to want to play on that new Switch. Um, I don't know. Like, I would think the game... I still think games would have more cachet. If it was a brand new system, it was like the PlayStation 5 equivalent to the Switch's PlayStation 4, uh, I would be more inclined. But I think this is just going to be an upgrade. I think it is too, but I think it's also been four years, and I think a lot of people may view it as, like, the next thing. Yeah. Might be some might help be helped because uh, it is any, is it any different than PS5. It's still going to play the old Switch games just like PlayStation 5 does, but all the games are going to be made for I'm assuming going to be made 4K going forward for it. So, well, except they're not because that's more of a hardware trick than the games running in actual 4K. Um, it, it, it's a pro, you know, like we said, it's just, it's a pro, it's, it's not the PS5, it's the PS4 Pro. Um, and that is not a world shaking announcement. Okay. Uh, it's more of a world-shaking announcement when it's Nintendo because everybody freaks out when Nintendo does anything. Um, the price point might cause more engagement if people think it's too expensive. $400 is a lot of money for that. Yeah. Especially because only $100 away from the other next-gen systems. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, you could either spend I would $400 pretty much, on actually, that. Actually, let's talk about that right now. What do you think it's going to be priced at? I mean, $400 doesn't seem impossible. Uh, it makes perfect the sense to me. It's yeah, better than keeps the... flying around uh, in all the all the leaks and all the speculation. It seems to be sort of what the world of the of the gaming press has settled on. It um, makes perfect sense to me. It's in between the original Switch and Gen Nine consoles. It's an mm-hmm. upgrade over the old Switch, so you can rationalize inside your mind paying more for it. Well, this is 4K, yeah, it gives so you, that's hundred bucks. Like, it gives you room for a price drop over the next couple of years to replace the Switch skew as yep. those disappear from shelves. Yep. It makes, um, it makes the sense. Switch Lite look like even more of a bargain. Um, I mean, the hard, it matches the hardware that's rumored to be in it. Like, it's, you know, 400 seems like it's probably the price point. Yep. Nintendo isn't one to give you a break on hardware prices because they like to make money on their hardware. Yeah. Um, you know, 350 would probably be something you could get away with if you're willing to sell it at a loss, but Nintendo doesn't generally do that. Nope. Um, the other question becomes, like, did they fix the fucking Joy-Cons? <laughs> You know, yeah, like, I don't think they, they can, Matt. I just don't think they can. Maybe not. If they could, they would have already. I'm mm-hmm. about ready to send in my Joy-Con again. Like I've just started playing with the Pro Controller all the time now. So yeah, it's I've always done. That, I so like I the Joy Cons. I like them a lot. Yeah, but... as far as I know, my Joy Cons might be like completely sideways by now, but I'll never know because <laughs> I'll never touch them. So I guess... The Pro Control. The Pro Controller is nice. It's a really good controller. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love it. So you segue nicely to what we're going to discuss next, which is Breath of the Wild 2, a big X factor for this year since the beginning of the year. I drafted it on my fantasy team. Took a risk, honestly. Like I was probably 50-50 on whether it was going to come out this year or not when I drafted it. I figured it was worth the risk because if it does come out, it's probably going to get like a 9.5 or close to yeah. a 10. So it was worth the risk for me. I didn't count on it coming out this year. Um, do you still think it's not coming this year, Matt? Oh, of course not. Yeah. Not a chance in hell. Do you think it's the game that's blown out the most at E3 by Nintendo, though? Um, it makes the most sense. I mean, either that or I guess the, like, one of the Pokemon things. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in terms of, like, kind of the, this makes a lot of sense as the show closer to me. Yeah. As the, the just one more thing and, oops, now we're going to show you 15 minutes of this game. So you think they'll show gameplay in in the direct? What I tend to think is they'll show a trailer at the end, unless it's, look, 
the 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 whole press conference is going to be bookended by Switch Pro and Zelda. So mm-hmm. choose, take your pick, which one goes first and which one goes last. But if you I think pick, you start with the hardware and you end with Zelda. Yeah, that tends to be their thing. The hard look. Let's be honest. Like showing the new hardware is not as exciting as showing the new Zelda. What if they show the new hardware running the new running the new Zelda? As not like, gonna, that, they won't do that because there's no way to differentiate on a stream like the 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 visual difference you're going to see. Like yeah. that's the problem that that this switch has is that like the differentiation between something running at like full you know simulated 4K or upscaled 4K or whatever like you can't really show that. Yeah. On the stream, you know, like it's it's a very dis, it's a it's a it's a meaningful difference, but it's a subtle one, and it's hard to get across on a stream that you don't know what kind of bit rate people are going to be watching it at. So uh, it's better to just show Zelda, and like you know, you can say something like, "Oh, it's going to run at sixty on the new system or whatever in four K." You can say that, but you're not going to be able to really illustrate it very well in the format where that's a, that's a where you're you know the downside of having to do things uh, remotely or as a direct, you know, if, you, if you're doing that on a screen in a real theater, like that would be a bigger difference. But I just don't think you can illustrate that well enough, at least not. I mean, you might have some like breakout stuff on the Treehouse streams afterwards. That, that was my next question. Do you think they're going like, to blow you, it out like and play an hour yeah, of it? I think they might the do that. Stream. And they might, they, they could do like YouTube stuff, like YouTube videos. You can definitely put up something of high enough resolution to show the difference. You know, like Digital Foundry does all the time. Yep. You, you could let Digital Foundry touch it and do their own thing about, it, you know, whatever. I'm sure they'll analyze everything anyway. Um, but I think that is a harder sell to say like, Oh, you know, I'm sure you'll, you'll get a little bullet point about it uh, in the, in the Zelda demonstration. But like, I don't think that's going to be a focus of the um, unless, unless there is a breath of the wild specific model of the new switch. That is also uh, probably not a bad bet. You know, like, like there will be a, a Zelda themed version of the new switch that comes out with the game. Uh, the Abram brings up a good point in chat. He says, you know, with DLSS, it could be a bigger leap than you expect. So maybe showing Zelda could make an impact mm-hmm. um, running with DLSS. So maybe um, I like I, I, read, I understand the tech there. I don't think it's going to be that. Like it could be, but I don't think the hardware Nintendo's gonna be willing to put in this thing for the amount of money they're willing to spend versus what they're gonna charge is going to be able to make that much of a leap. I think Zelda in particular, because it's flat shaded, I don't know that DLSS does a lot for that game in particular, Um, but we'll see. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're both in agreement that we're gonna see a good bit bit of Zelda and we're gonna see Switch. Honestly, and I don't, I don't want to let my bias show here, but like honestly, if I was gonna pick a game that could really try to make the DLS that shine, it'd be Metroid. Yeah, like I I think the environments you expect in a Metroid Prime game would benefit a lot from that deck. Yep, we'll get to Metroid. Let's start talking about some of the games here, other than Breath of the Wild Two, Skyward Sword HD. Looks like it's gonna be. The mm-hmm. bone that Nintendo is going to throw to us for the anniversary of Zelda instead of Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> and what a bone. Yeah. I mean, look, they are doing a lot of things to try to improve the game from its original state. But mm-hmm. as one of my least favorite 3D Zelda games. Yeah, I'll go. It, 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 is, the, it. it is the worst 3D Zelda game. I, I have almost no interest in playing this game again. I mean, um, I'm, and I know. I mean, I, I dislike the 3D, the DS ones more. I don't like uh, Phantom Hour. Uh, Phantom Hourglass is my pick for the worst Zelda game of all time. Um, not counting the CDI ones, because who the hell cares? Um, 
Phantom Hourglass, I physically despise. Uh, I do not feel <laughs> that way. But I don't feel. I don't hate Skyward Sword. I just don't have any affinity for it. Well, I know I'm going to say something that's going to piss off a lot of Zelda fans, but I'll, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not a big fan of Majora's Mask. Like I, neither am I. Neither I didn't enjoy I. that game all that much, to be honest with you. I would put that in the same class for me as Skyward Sword for different reasons. I didn't like mm-hmm. the constraints on the player in Majora's Mask. Um, I didn't like that the motion controls didn't work as intended in Skyward Sword, and there's there's a bunch of other stuff in Skyward Sword that I had issues with as yeah, well. Yeah, I certainly I, I'm not a Majora's fan. I I don't like Zelda with a time limit, which is also why I hate Phantom Hourglass because you have to go to that, yep. that the the kind of the same Kings. deal. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, I think I just think Majora had a more interesting visual style, but uh, no, I I I I actually kind of actively dislike uh majora's mask uh, because of because of the change of the formula and i understand that you know i understand why people like it because it it changes things up and it's different um it is the exact opposite of what i want from a zelda i would agree with that yeah i was not a big fan when it came out i'm still not i've tried to play it again at least three or four times yeah, i've never finished it i've never finished majora's no, I've mask never, i've never finished that either i got pretty far in it on uh, the 3ds remake yeah which i did think was a big improvement yeah but it, was. it still still did not grab me uh but i would still rank it above skyward sword yep. um skyward sword is uh an empty game to me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, all right, let's give me kick- the give, you know, give me something else. I, I mean, I, you know, it's a, it's a really I, I understand it's sort of like next in line for the HD treatment uh, in the in the in the in the Zelda series for them, but I really would have preferred yeah, hell. Give me a link between worlds yeah. upscaled to the Switch or something like anything. Yep, I hear you. Uh, let's get away from Zelda for a minute. Let's talk about some Pokemans. Uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Pokemon, re- let me show you them. <laughs> Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake on the way. Matt, are you excited for this at all? Eh. Yeah. Like Diamond and Pearl were a little past my playing Pokemon era. Um, but I like, you know, I like the idea of keeping the series, you know, updated and playable on modern hardware. Yeah. Like I, you know, it feels I, like I it's something that it has to be done. So yeah, why not? And there's a whole generation of kids that that was their, that was their Pokemon. And yeah. they're going to be really happy to play this in a new modern fashion. Same way I was to play, uh, you know, to play uh, um, the remake of goal of a uh, red and blue, uh, whatever that was. I really P- enjoyed P- that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think this is a trend they should keep rolling with. Like, I, I think it's, you know, a, a parallel thing of like new games, you know, new games coming out alongside, you know, in the off years, you got like remakes of uh, the classic stuff. I think that's a good way to keep it moving forward. And they should probably do the same thing to gold and silver. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but I would argue that this is probably one of, of the first party games from in, coming from Nintendo in the near future. This is definitely low on the ladder for me as far as my interest Yeah, it's not like something I intend to devote a lot of my time to, but I understand the value of it. Yep. And it's going to sell like crazy. So yeah. I totally understand why Nintendo's doing it. They're just not they're just not really doing it for me. Is what I'm yeah. getting at. Um now the next game, I would argue they are doing for me and it's kind of the opposite of what they're doing with Diamond and Pearl and all the other remakes and that is Pokémon Legends Arceus. I think I'm saying that correctly, probably not. Um which is an open world Pokémon Arceus. Arceus, the hard C. I think it's a hard C. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pokemon Legends wrong. Arceus uh, coming to Switch. It is an open world. Po- it's really the Pokemon game that people have been dreaming about for a really, really long time. It's the one we've been asking for for a really, really long time. A console Pokemon set in an open world. Um, 
there were shades of this in the last Pokemon. It was kind of a pseudo open world. There were like, it felt open, but it was still like loading in sections of the world. Mm. Um, now I'll say this. A lot of people have not been happy with this first trailer that we got for the game. It does not look amazing. It also, which is very odd, the frame rate stutters in the trailer. You hardly ever see that anymore. A polished trailer where the frame rate bogs down. Uh, but that absolutely happens in this trailer. Matt, what's your hype level for this? Is this the Pokemon game you've always dreamed of? No, I, I keep forgetting this is a thing, actually. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll probably play it. Like, I, I think I the mean, idea I'll definitely is, play it. Yeah, I think the idea is interesting, like a Breath of the Wild-influenced Pokemon, maybe. I don't know. Let's see what you do. Sure. But it's not, it's not like I'm in line for it right now or anything. Yeah, I feel like what I had built up in my head for the day when something like this would be announced and how I ultimately reacted to it were two entirely different things. Yeah, <laughs> because the game just didn't look that good to me. No, but it's also sort of like, at this point, if you're expecting like high fidelity stuff from a Pokemon game, like that's that's on you. Like, yeah. this, like this is not their priority. Like, it's very clear. They are not here to push the graphical edge. They are not here to make something that looks like it came out of, you know, the the, the modern day. They're, they're, they're entirely content to make stuff that looks like it's about five years old and uh, but performs well enough to keep your interests. Um, that's the thing. This thing that always irritates me, all sort of about Nintendo stuff in general, is because they have stepped back on the hardware power. Like they're always sort of like, "Oh wow, that looks really good for a Mario game." Yeah, you for know, a Nintendo like, game. Mario's never looked better. Almost every other game I've played this year did look better than but Mario. Mario, but has it never is looked better. the best looking yeah. Mario. I'll give you right. that one. Yeah, I hear you. Um, how much do you think we'll see of that? Because look, the trailer that they showed showed tons of gameplay already. It wasn't some CG yeah. thing. I wouldn't be surprised if the treehouse blows this one out too. Yeah, I would think I would think maybe you'll get a little taste in the direct, but I would think yep. this would be a very heavily played treehouse stream game. Games like, like that right. you need to see played as well. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't just show like some little section of the game and be like, there you go. Like right. that, I mean, it's like that doesn't the, tell the, the story. In the direct, you can get away with the you know the Breath of the Wild you know flyover shot that they, mm-hmm. that everybody uses now. Um, but, uh, yeah, the treehouse seems like the right place for this game to really show why it's different from your normal Pokemon release. Yep. Um, which obviously we know, uh, just by looking at it, but like, I think, you know, that's, it's a distinction worth making. Yep. Uh, and, and it eats up a lot of time. So there you go. There's, there's free content for you Yep. at that point. And the games just keep on coming. People We're only like halfway through what Nintendo has to show at E3 without any surprises. There are so many games. Yeah, um, it's going to be a long show. If this keeps up, it's only 40 minutes. I mean, well, you mean our show, yeah. our show. <laughs> well, we start getting to the third parties. There's a lot less. Um, mm. these, the big platform guys have a lot to cover. Um, next up Splatoon three. What do you think we're going to see of that? First gameplay, like legit gameplay of that, probably? Probably. It's about yeah. time. Um, the first trailer, we're not even showing that to you now. We're showing you Splatoon 2. But the first trailer was basically just like a CG piece. And there was very mm-hmm. quick cuts of some in-game stuff. Um, so there's a yeah. lot to reveal on this. But my feeling is there probably isn't that much to reveal. It's probably going to no, be I, I feel the like, same game with new maps. Yeah, this is not. they don't need to reinvent the wheel on this one. Uh, I would like to see a little innovation because I really didn't see hardly any of it in Splatoon 2, to be perfectly honest. I feel like you're going to stay disappointed on that. Yeah. I think they might re- they might beef up the, the campaign mode a little bit. Um, I would like to see that because the campaign but, now is just kind of these goofy like missions with no narrative really holding it together. Yeah. Well, it was added after the fact, so like maybe 
now that people have such an investment, you know, the fan base has a big investment in the world and the characters, I think in a way that maybe they didn't expect from a multiplayer game. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe they'll lean into that in this one a little more. Um, we'll see. Like I, you know, I don't care about Splatoon at all. So uh, I, I love like I really love Spl- I still play Splatoon 2 multiplayer. Like when mm-hmm. I just have a couple minutes here and there, like it's just different still from anything else. So I still do play it. Will I get into Splatoon 3? Probably so. I'll mm-hmm. be, if, I, if there are new maps, I'm in. Because if it is just Splatoon 2 with new maps, I would I t- recommend people buy it. That's a different story. Nintendo's going to send it send me a code. I'm not going to have to pay for it. And therefore, mm-hmm. I will play it. Will I re- recommend people spend 60 bucks on it? That'll be a different story that we'll tackle when the game is here. But I do expect probably to see first gameplay if there is any innovation. I think they'll announce that at E3. I do not expect this game until next year, though. Probably not, no. Yep. Uh, next up, a game that was shown and has been MIA for a really long time, Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. Does it show up, Matt? Maybe. I, I know Platinum also, I, recently I like commented, that, like, yeah, we're still going, but... Who knows? I Also, I like that you, in, in the rundown you have misspelled that uh, B-E-Y. Yeah, color, I noticed it, too. Which, which makes me think of Beyonce <laughs> in Bayonetta 3. I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. Like, I'm like, Beyonce Bay- playing Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Call someone. Call some agents. Because I think we, I think we got a movie pitch. That might finally convince Nintendo to release this damn thing yeah. and for Platinum to <laughs> finally finish the game. This is all. That's all we got. That little trailer you just saw. That's all we've had for like three years or four years. Ago. Years. Yeah. Like, what is the holdup on this thing? Maybe they're just I like, you think it's going to be released still, Matt? Maybe, maybe they've gone like so far beyond it that only the Super Nintendo Switch can handle it. <laughs> it may be right. It may be true. Um, and that actually segues nicely to the next game, which is, you just mentioned, maybe kind of the feature for the Switch Pro, which is Metroid Prime 4. What do you think we're going to see of this, Matt? I mean, I won't be surprised if we see jack fucking shit. Like I wouldn't be surprised nothing. either, but I am expecting um, to see something. I would like to see something because it is Metroid's anniversary and we've been waiting for this damn game. And I know they started over, but like, throw me a bone. Like, I don't care. Like something like whatever, you know, some kind of thing. I'm apparently the, tri- the trilogy remaster is not going to happen. So I'm surprised like, that our TriCaster doesn't throw up an error when we run that trailer at this point saying yeah. like, move the F on. Like just, I'm tired that. of playing this. Like the, the silicon chips have, have burned in from playing the same file <laughs> exactly. over and over again. Exactly. I think we will see something. Um, I hope so. I think it'll just be like a polished trailer that kind of sets yeah. up the story and the concept behind the game. Right. I don't think we'll see any We, we had a stuff. logo. We got a logo That's like four years ago. Yeah. That was it. So I think we'll see something from the game. And that would probably be the middle of the press conference to kind of keep mm-hmm. things rolling, keep things exciting. Uh, kind of the midpoint between Switch Pro and Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, they'll throw that in there right before they, they show the... Uh, 35th anniversary Metroid celebration of putting Samus' helmet in Animal Crossing. Well, Matt, there are rumors that there's going to be a 2D Metroid that is Mm -hmm. going to be released this year to celebrate the Mm -hmm. anniversary. I mean, I've speculated on that with Mercury, because Mercury Steam has been awful quiet since they did that Metroid 2 remake. It it seems like it would be about time to do something. What if they did a Super Metroid remake for Switch? I don't think anybody would be crazy enough to do that. Why? Um, why would you fuck with perfection? Because you can make money off perfection. <laughs> but they've already got Super Metroid in the in the Nintendo Super Nintendo you know 
virtual console and everything. They can make it look a lot better. I mean, but they wouldn't because they just they're just gonna do a new one. If you do that, you do a new one. You don't try to re, you don't try to redo Super Metroid. You don't touch Super Metroid. I I'll mean, bet you I'll bet you cash money on that. I understand like, the sentiment behind it, but I also would not be surprised if Super Metroid remake is. Shown. If they were planning that, they would not have put Super Metroid in the Super Nintendo Virtual Console thing. Hmm. I don't know about that. We'll see. I am. I am. I have. There is zero percent chance that Super Metroid is this. Thing. So if there is a 2D Metroid that comes out this year, you think it'll be a brand new game and not something that's reworked? Be a, yeah, I think it'll be a new thing. Okay. For better or worse. My <laughs> bet, and a lot of it is just my hope, is that it's Super Metroid. I would not be offended if they remade Super Metroid. And I'm like you. I literally think it's one of the five best video games ever made. But mm. I would not be offended if they remade. I'd be offended. It would just be boring. Like, it's like, I can just go play Super Metroid. Give me new Metroid. I haven't had a new Metroid game in how long? Yeah, a long time. Like, Other M? <laughs> yeah. How long since it's been? And a lot of people just want to forget that, so. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I was in my 20s the last time a, a good Metroid game came out. I know. It's insane. I mean, some, a lot of people were, like, five. <laughs> yeah. Some people that didn't exist yet. <laughs> Think about it. It's pretty crazy. Um, all right, and we do have a lot more games to get through with Nintendo. We're going to start going through these. But our luck is just going to be like a like a, an up res of like zero mission and fusion. Yep, it's possible. Uh, next up, Shin Megami Tensei Five, another game that was announced yeah. literally on the day the Switch was announced, and we still haven't really seen much from the game. There's like two yeah. trailers for it at this point. Although there's rumors of actual release dates this year, like this so. year. Yeah. So my I suspect <clears throat> that we will see. A new trailer for this, and I don't believe that like Atlas is doing anything at E3. So I would also no. not be surprised if Atlas shows up to demo this game at the Treehouse. Could be. I mean, oh, that's a that's a demo. No oh boy, <laughs> they, they want to put that one on late at night. Yeah, yeah I think, you want you want to do yeah. Put it. That's a good that, dinner you, time. You bring one. up a good point, which may actually keep it from being a part of the Treehouse stream. Um, the the subject matter of this franchise doesn't really fit in with like yeah. a bunch of eight year olds watching the treehouse demo. Well, also like just the pace of it. It's a it's a it's a slow game. So it's you have to but, show yeah. it on treehouse. Show really. something, but it, I mean, you probably maybe don't show Mara. You know, yeah. like but you know, you got to pick your monsters. But uh, maybe I mean, I don't know. I like the, the Shin Megami Tensei games, but it's it's telling that I forgot to play Nocturne, the Nocturne remake. Yeah, which just came out. Um, and uh, this maybe I don't know if there's something. Yeah, I'm more of a I, there's a time when I would have said I preferred Persona, but I don't really even like those anymore. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just maybe I just fell you out may of the Shin Megami Tensei. Come to Tensei the end thing. of your JRPG rope, Matt. <laughs> I don't know my JRPG rope, but I'm definitely at the end of my Shin Megami Tensei rope at this point. Maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll the see games what it are looks so like. huge. There's such a commitment. It's like. Once you finish one, like yeah. I played Persona and finished it, and I'm like, I'm good. Like I don't know what I need to play well, another one of these. Especially like the the core series, this core Shin Megami Tensei series is like that or Pokemon. I'm gonna have to pick one because yeah. they're, they're kind of equivalent. It'll take over ways. your life for like a month. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I do think we'll see something from it, particularly if it is coming out this year. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a guarantee. In one form or another. Yep. And look, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to show Mario Golf Super Rush because yeah. it's about to come yeah. out. They're going to show Disgaea 6 because it's about to come yeah. out. Um, then there's Monster Hunter Stories 2, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like the more kid-friendly, story-driven yeah. take on Monster Hunter. Um, I think, honestly... I may like this better than here? Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> the first one ever come here? 
Uh, yeah, it did eventually, yeah. but it was it was just a 3DS game. It didn't come out for mm-hmm. consoles, um, and this one's obviously coming out for Switch. Um, I think people might be surprised at how good this is, although. You know, after playing through the campaign in Monster Hunter Rise, my expectations definitely went down because the storytelling in Rise is just so bad. Just the writing and the voiceover and the premise of it, it was just so simple. And I know this is a different team, and I know the first game was way more story-driven than a typical Monster Hunter game is, Um, but I just can see it being full of all kinds of these moments where I'm just, like, rolling my eyes. So... Um, it may do well financially. Rise is doing amazing financially. It's yeah. like selling gangbusters. Um, but am I all that that excited to learn more about it or actually play it? Probably not. But it probably will have a nice little section because it should also be very close to release. And then the final piece of Nintendo's puzzle at E3 2021 is No More Heroes 3, which I'll be honest with you, after I saw the latest trailer for it, my interest in it really fell through the floor. I'm not all that mm-hmm. excited about it. Um, it just looks janky. Yeah, <laughs> I, guess I, think, I think there was a time for this series, and the yeah. time is maybe past. Yeah, I'm not, and you know, I feel like they've cheapened the franchise a little bit with what they've done mm-hmm. with kind of the spinoffs recently, and. I'm not as excited for it as I feel like I should be or maybe would have been. Well, I mean, look, I didn't like two at all. Me Yeah. And the first one, it wasn't a great game, but it had a charm to it. Yeah, it was a verve to it. Yeah, I appreciated it. And now I feel it. It's sort of like, uh, what's a deadly premonition to? It's like, okay, now you're trying too hard. Yeah. To to be like a weird, offbeat, janky thing. Like, it's like, you know, it's like how they say, like, you can't, intentionally make a campy movie yeah it has to just happen it has to just happen (laughs) you can't intentionally make the room yeah i hear you that's true yep and it's probably the same way for games so yeah yep so there you go that's nintendo at e3 2021 that's just what we know you're missing i think you're missing something there what am i missing something i I think there might be a mario kart in there somewhere Uh, okay (laughs) i was just gonna ask do you think there's something that shockingly i mentioned this actually a Last episode or the episode before that? Yeah. That Mario Kart is due. That would bring the house down. Mm-hmm. And if they sh- maybe they show that with the upgraded Switch instead, be. because that could maybe make a bigger impact. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. I would not be surprised if we get a new Mario Kart at E3. Yeah. And also, I mean, would be surprised if it comes out in Q4. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen, yeah, you know, I've been people that were kind of like, I've seen, it's like, oh, Mario Kart 8's not done selling yet. Like, still sells well. I'm like, yeah, but like, at some point, you got to turn gotta, the page. You got to move on, yeah. right? It's like, <laughs> although um, maybe Rockstar. We, yeah. I was going to say, we can't all be Rockstar. <laughs> yeah. Because it needs to learn that lesson as well. Uh, but yeah, I would not be surprised. They could probably get away with just having Mario Kart 8 add a few racers and add a, you know, Super Nintendo Switch mode. We call it like Mario Kart 8 4K or something. All right, Mario Kart 8, 8 Car 8 Deluxe Edition Super 4K mode. Super Deluxe Edition. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I would not be surprised as well if uh, Mario Kart is there. Um, but anyway, we'll get to some predictions about Nintendo. Super Deluxe Edition 4K Circuit. Yeah. You can have that one for free. Yep. We'll get uh, into some predictions for Nintendo and a bunch of other stuff at the end of the show. Let's move on. Let's talk about Square Enix, another publisher that's kind of teetering right on the edge of really having a viable E3 press conference, to be perfectly honest with you. They're not looking much better than Ubisoft. In fact, maybe a little worse, to be perfectly honest. Um, Final Fantasy 16 that was announced as a PS5 exclusive. 
Um, my guess is they show the first Raw gameplay from that, and it'll probably be the biggest crux of their press event. I think that's probably safe, Matt. Yeah, unless they decide to show 7-2. But I feel like that's a ways out. Yeah, you mean episode 2 of the 7 yeah. remake? Yeah, part 2 of, of the 7 Because Intergrade, do you think they'll focus on that a lot? Because it's coming out real soon. God, I hope not. I like, bet they show it at least, though. They might show something of it, yeah, or at least yeah. remind you it exists. Yep. Um, but I don't know, I, you know, it would be nice to have a little bit of information on Solid. I don't care. I hated that game. But, like, um, I feel like the people who are invested in seven deserve a little information about when they might get to play the next part of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're probably going to get that, but, uh, I, I feel like it would be polite to, to, to tell the people that are now about to buy your stupid, terrible game twice, <laughs> um, when they're going to get to play part two of your completely unnecessary multi-part remake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but instead, I think you're right. They're just going to sort of tease 616 and call it a day. Yeah. Um, and then there's a rumored new game from Eidos Montreal that's supposed to be shown. That's really the mm-hmm. only kind of rumors that have bubbled up. I mean, uh, isn't that? Well, I guess not. Um, are they, is it them? Who the hell is working on the Guardians of the Galaxy game? I don't know. Isn't it them? It's, I think I remember that being the case. Um, so Maybe. That is what, mm-hmm. what they show. That would actually help with the lineup that they have as of right now. Yeah. That would be a yeah. huge boost to it. Um, I think everybody would be excited to check that out. Guardians of the Galaxy seems to be one of those IP that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never met someone that was like, I just really hated that movie, or I hated the characters in that. Really? Yeah. Wow. You shouldn't hang out with them anymore, Matt. <laughs> I see him once in a while. He's a, he is, he's a giant DC fan. That's oh, part of it. And that he. He hates all of Marvel's stupid little jokes, mm. even though I'm like, the humor in that is kind of different from the other Marvel because it it's yeah. all James Gunn, not yeah. really Marvel it's stuff. Like, much edgier, uh, for sure. Yeah, but also, like, I mean, he, I don't know. He's a DC he, fan. That's all you had to say. He is. He doesn't, <laughs> like the, he doesn't like the Snyder stuff, but he does think Aquaman's the best superhero movie ever made. Oh, so, my like, God. Well, that take, puts it all, all in perspective, kinds. doesn't it? <laughs> I think he was just there to see Momoa's abs, if uh, I'm being honest. Okay. I think that's what he was in for. But, all right. Um, I can at least respect that Aquaman showed me things I've never seen before, even if I wasn't particularly <laughs> enthralled by it overall. Um, but yeah, so I, I know one person who hated Guardians of the Galaxy, okay. um, but that is a very, very rare bird. If that is shown, we could come out of E3 with that being like top 10 most hyped games for yeah. E3. Also, he doesn't play video games, so he oh. doesn't matter here. There you go. Um, he's, he's not He's not going to, he's not a lost sale for okay. Square Enix here. Okay. Uh, next up, buy it. here's another game that's kind of been shown and we haven't really seen anything concrete on it. Babylon. Yeah, I forgot about, forgot about this one. Babylon's Fall. Like, what the heck has happened with this game? There's two trailers for it. Seems to have fallen. Yes, it does seem to have fallen. Off the map. But I also remember correctly, I think this trailer throws up copyright problems on YouTube, so maybe I mm. shouldn't show it. It's weird how, like, Square Enix, some of their stuff does and some of it doesn't. This one, if I remember correctly, did, but we'll see. Um, a hack and slash. I don't know if this is even actually an action RPG, but it's a character action game, Matt, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of like this new subgenre that people have coined these games, like Devil May Cry and Scarlet yeah. Nexus. Is and- it just me or like the the new attempts at new subgenre names, like the dumbest things? It's like like character action. What the hell does that tell me? Yeah, it doesn't like, really tell you anything. Mean? Or like immersive sim. That's what the least helpful description of something <laughs> I've ever heard. And I recently I've heard people t- in like YouTube people trying to like 
trying to insist that the the name for the genre that like Metroid and Castlevania belong to is search action. Fuck you. <laughs> like that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. We have a word for that and it's called Metroidvania. Yeah. Babylon's you know, Fall in particular, I really struggle to find anything unique about it. No, I it's There's it's no a, hook. It's like no. Astral Chain had the Astral Chain where you literally right. like had shit chained together and used it to do combos. Right. This Scarlet, is really uh, just Scarlet what? What was that? The thing we just talked about last week? Scarlet. Oh, yeah, it has like the ESP the, the, stuff. Yeah, the, the, and the telekinesis, telekinesis. Stuff. Throwing, It has a hook. It yeah. has nothing. It's just nah. literally like Devil May Cry, but not Devil May Cry. Right. I really struggle to see anything it's a, it's, unique. It's very much like Dante with the serial number filed off. Yeah. But most of them do have something unique about them. Yeah, there's usually a hook. There's yeah. usually like, we took this idea and we did this yeah, with it. Yeah, even Scarlet Nexus and looks really generic at first, and then you actually play it, and you're like, oh, wow, there's actually a hook yeah. in this game. There's something that it does differently. Because that's kind of what Platinum's bread and butter is. It's yeah. like, we're going to take this concept, this this base genre, and we're going to put a little twist on it. Yep. And sort of whether you like the game or not is going to depend on whether you like that twist or not. But, like, they don't make the same thing again. Yep. Um, and that seems to have been sort of the thing that everybody's followed is like platinum sort of like established as like okay you're gonna make a devil may cry style game you gotta you gotta have a you gotta have a hook you gotta have something even if the hook is a literal hook that you're pulling people in with <laughs> that's something though like, something yeah and uh this one just doesn't it just seems to be another one yeah i don't see i don't it. i'm not very no. excited for it at all it also and it looks like one of those games that you end up finding out got canceled Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Where you're like, wow, they put out all these trailers for it, and then they canceled it. Like, this or is... Or like, like, oh, they canceled it. They canceled what? Oh, that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> huh. At least in okay. Dragon's Dog... Or what What was that game that... They, the other one that was canceled for Xbox? Um, oh, uh, Deep something? Yeah. At least deep. those games, at least, like... They didn't put out a ton down of media for them. And, yeah. Down yeah, deep. What happened to yeah, that? Yeah. That game just disappeared. Right. Deep down, I guess is what it was. Yeah. Deep down. That's Yeah. Yeah. Where'd that go? I, don't know, I think that's buried in the same uh, unmarked <laughs> grave as, as uh, Scalebound. It could be. It absolutely could be. Uh, let's see. Next up, um, Life is Strange, True Colors. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still care about Life is Strange at this point, Matt? Yeah, I do. I mean, I care less when it's not don't nod. Um, but yeah, this looks kind of interesting. This out now. Yeah, this looks interesting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play it. I liked, I liked the first one. I liked uh, Volume Two. I like the second. I liked Life is Strange Two. Um, I'll give this one a shot. I like the idea. I like the the concept here. Like the the take. It, this series' take on superpowers is interesting to me. Like I like the way they they make them. A little more mundane, but they 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 tell stories that couldn't be told without them. Like that's sort I of think the, they're a little the, more believable than yeah. some of the real superhero story or backstories where you're like, oh, that's how they got their powers on. Like this one, at yeah, least, seems a little, a little more subtle, plausible. And I I'm really interested in kind of the world they're building with it. Yeah, because um, they're all in continuity with each other, one way or the other. I'm sure some characters from the other games will pop up in this one somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. It's kind of creating this weird little cinematic universe of like very understated teen angst. <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, <laughs> but like I've, I've liked both of those. I didn't like Before the Storm too much, but uh, in general, I think Life is Strange has been more of a hit than a, than a miss. So uh, yeah. I'm in. Yep, I'm into. I'm in for that. I'm in play. for the remastered collection. I'll play Life is Strange one again. 
This is uh, uh, one franchise that's never like offended me with its writing or its characters. It and- no, nah, it's pretty solid. I guess there's there's some there's there's some ups and downs in places, but uh, I think for the most part they uh, they generally feel like real people. I wish um, they would get rid of the episodic release for this stuff, though. Yeah, I I do just wait until they're all out and just play them all in one big chunk. I used to try um, to go to, one by one, but then I would just find I hardly remembered what happened in the prior yeah. games. They always do like the little recap, but it's always literally like yeah, the recap, fifteen so, there's seconds. There's also moments where I was like, "Why did I choose that?" Yeah, like, why, like, like, <laughs> I think about it too. later. I'm just like, "Oh, that was not the right thing to do." I'm like, it's, it's, "Yeah, I, I prefer to play them in one big go." Yep. Um, and then the last thing that we know for sure that will be shown at this press conference is Marvel's Avengers Black Panther War for Wakanda, which is coming to a game that has essentially failed. Um, mm. Do you think this has a chance of reinvigorating the game at all? I would think I know not. people really love Black Panther, but... Oh, Black Panther, yeah, sure. But it's like Black Panther... First off, I thought he was supposed to be out like nine months ago. I mean, that's the story uh, of this game in general. Yeah. Uh, second, like I don't, I just don't know how how much you can bend the formula this game allows you to, to work within to make something interesting with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like this game can do one thing, and without being able to change, without basically being able to rewrite it from the ground up, I don't see how you're going to change that unless this. Unless this expansion is as narrative focused and as as long and and involved as the campaign that came with the game, um, at least that would be them recognizing where their strength is. Yeah, um, I find that hard to believe, but you know, stranger things have happened. Um, uh-huh. Life is strange after <laughs> all. Um, I don't know. Like Black Panther would be a good uh, attempt to save it. Uh, yeah. Certainly more than the other characters. I'll say this: uh, if he can't do it, nothing is going to. Pretty much, yeah. Black Panther's this their is last, the last shot, chance. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think uh, you know Spider-Man's uh, exclusive to PlayStation, so that doesn't help you on the other platforms. Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess Captain Marvel is probably going to be the continuation of the Kree element uh, that was kind of introduced near the end of the campaign, but like. I don't think people are going to line up to play a Cree invasion thing. I don't, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, also, there's no way they are. No, <laughs> I can't we'll see what it. this war for for Wakanda thing turns out to be. Like they've, you know, the, there's been some some casting news coming out of um, the sequel to the movie uh, where they got Namor. Sounds like they got Namor in it. Um, That's good. The you know the Submariner, the king the king of king of Atlantis. The uh, war between Wakanda and Atlantis was always my pick for what they would do for a sequel to Black Panther, um, which is a cool, so it's a cool thing. But um, if that is what this is, that could be interesting. Like Atlantis versus Wakanda. Like I don't know what else the war for Wakanda would be, but I guess you could do some kind of annoying thing with Claw or something. I don't know. I I hope it's an ambitious attempt because otherwise, if it's just another thing like the the Hawkeye thing, you're not going to get anybody to pay attention to it. Even though the Hawkeye. Uh, little mini campaign was actually pretty good. Yep. Uh, to wrap up Square Enix, there is that Final Fantasy origin game that the rumors have been making the rounds. You think we'll see that? Mm-hmm. Eh, maybe. I don't know. Another PS5 exclusive. Square Enix seems to just be all in on PS5 mm-hmm. at this point. And then yeah, finally, for sure. do you think we'll see a new Tomb Raider? I don't. It's kind of due. It is a little due, but I don't I think we probably will. Uh, I would like to. Um... I feel like Crystal Dynamics is probably still kind of all hands on deck on Avengers, though. Yeah. Um, 
but you never know. Like they did do, uh, you know, they did do the the upgrades on Series X for uh, uh, Shadow and the original Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. Uh, you know, the frame rate boost thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have kind of, you know, kept it kept it bubbling there a little bit. Um, and you know, it could, it could I could go the opposite way and like Crystal Dynamics and Square want to move on from the Avengers thing and be like, hey, we've got this coming. So don't don't freak out. Crystal Dynamics is still working on the thing you like that, that they do. Yeah. Um, so they could go that way with it. But uh, also, um, similar to Assassin's Creed, this would be unusual in that we haven't had it leaked already. And what is what about the what about the Eidos Montreal game? Could it be Tomb Raider? I think that's Guardians. Like, yeah. if I, as I mean, I recall, we mentioned Montreal that, but could it be Guardians. Tomb Raider instead? Um, I guess it could be, but I don't know why you'd take Tomb Raider away from Crystal Dynamics. I don't either, but especially after what happened with Avengers. Yeah. Have you ever seen a surer bet in gaming be a bigger flop? Like, how can you screw up Marvel's Avengers to make it so people don't care about it? What Literally, um, like, the biggest pop culture IP on planet Earth. I mean, to be fair, like, that used to be sort of the, the rule for licensed stuff. Yeah, you're right. You know, like, We've actually kind of got out of that of late, and now yeah. we're going back to the old THQ days. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is like when everything that Marvel related was like licensed by a claim in LJN. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's a chance we see Tomb Raider. It's hard for me to imagine that Square Enix would allow it to be gone for that long. Like, I don't think it's going to be like released this year or anything. No, but it's it's kind of worth reminding people that it's there. The yeah. only other the only caveat to that would be that they are working on the sequel to the movie. Yep. And maybe they would find it more synergistic to announce the new game alongside the the rise of the hype cycle for that. Yeah, I that's the only other that. thing I can think of. Yeah, I Plus, would like to see. I would like to see it. I would like to see a new Tomb Raider, at least a promise of it. Yeah, Gen uh, Nine Tomb Raider. I want to see it absolutely. Yeah. And maybe she could be the Tomb Raider now. Are we yeah. done with that? Are, yeah, are we, we at that point now? Have we, we got to the, the have we reestablished her as the Tomb Raider at this point? Because yeah. <laughs> like, that would be I, mean, I like I like the Lara Croft in the reboot series, but I'm kind of ready for her to be a slightly older, uh, snarkier. Yeah, yeah. She she had a she had a mouth on her in the, in the original games, and yeah. sort of it's she had a kind of a world weary, seen it all sort of thing. Yeah, and I'm kind of ready for her to be that again. Yeah, like I I right I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, we just spent three games turning her back into that, so I think we're ready. Absolutely. Yeah, I think those three games were more than enough to turn her into the cynical version of herself that she was in the old game. So yep. uh, I would like to see that come back. Yep. All right, so that's Square Enix. Um, not a huge lineup. I think there's some mystery no. in there, though. There could be some stuff shown that maybe we don't expect, which for me always makes it exciting. And uh, we will be covering that press conference live uh, during our E3 coverage. Let's move on to another Japanese publisher, Capcom. Um, I think of everyone we're covering, it probably has the least of interest at this point. Um, Capcom hasn't announced really much of anything. There's a bunch of franchises that have just been sitting there um, Mm -hmm. unused. Capcom has kind of just turned into like Resident Evil LLC at this point. Yeah, also Monster Hunter LLC. And Monster Hunter. Yeah, it, it floats the bills in between the Resident Evil projects. Um, Matt, what do you expect? From on the Resident Evil front, do you think we're going to see some Village DLC? Maybe. Yeah, I would think so. Um, probably focusing on uh, Lady Dimitrescu, um, yeah. because she is certainly the breakout star of that game. Like an origin um, story of of hers or something. Origin story, or like yeah, like where you pl- I don't know if you where you play as her, but maybe when you if you play as like one of the one of the daughters oh, doing doing stuff like tracking people down in the That's mansion not a bad or something. Idea. Um, I like that. 
that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, it was something that like involves Lady Demetrescu again, I think is going to be, uh, the, and maybe like a, uh, you know, in the mercenaries thing. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a given. A, yeah. They'll add her maps as a villain. Mercenaries. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Just doubling and tripling down on, on the, the surprise breakout hit that is this character. Yeah. Um, and the game appears to have been doing very well at retail yeah. as well. And uh, they have obviously support. They supported the last Resident Evil with, I think, three pieces of DLC, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I think that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. they Look, they don't bail on their games that are successful. They're still supporting Monster Hunter World. So they... Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. So Resident Evil Village DLC, we already talked about Monster Hunter stories, too. We don't need to come back to that. Monster Hunter Rise, however, I think we'll probably be seeing DLC for that. That game has been a huge success. They'd be silly not to release DLC. They've already, I think, released some small stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But that game, just like World, is going to be relevant and live on for years from now. It would make sense to have some kind of like Iceborne equivalent. Yeah, even if it's not like coming soon, just putting that carrot on the end of the stick to keep uh, people who are playing Mm -hmm. it engaged and interested in it. Um, I think that might be a smart thing. And I think it's probably a given that they'll focus on it at least a little bit based upon how successful it's been so far. Matt, what do you think about Dragon's Dogma 2? I mean, I really like Dragon's Dogma. It's like the it's like the Monster Hunter equivalent. I actually enjoyed because yeah. um, it didn't feel like it was constantly being played underwater. Uh-huh. Um, I've, I have actually replayed Dragon's Dogma four times. Wow! Um, so I probably put like close to three hundred hours into that game across all platforms. Wow. I really like Dragon's Dogma. I would love to see a Dragon's Dogma too. I, I remain skeptical that it will ever happen, but Capcom has done has done weirder things. Um, but like kind of the, the, the lukewarm reception of that online only one they did a few years ago in, in Asia is, uh, feels like it's kind of not a great omen. Um, I'd love to see it, but I, I, I will believe it when I see it, I guess would be how I'd put it. Yep. Um, it's just a wishful thinking. I included yeah. it. Just because if you have not played Dragon's a Dogma. A man can like, dream. <laughs> yeah. If you have not played Dragon's Dogma, pick up the Dark Awakening one on a modern platform when it's like $5 a sale or something. It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's some janky ass, tons of fun. Like it's, a, it's, it's sort of like State of Decay. It's like tons of ambition. They didn't quite get there, but they got close enough. And it's sort of like charming in that way. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of fun stuff to do in it. And like you feel if you play a magic character in that, you are you are a god by the end of that game. Like you like you are literally summoning meteors from the sky to destroy dragons. It's ridiculous. It's great. Yeah, I'd put the um, percentage of seeing a sequel to that at about 20%. Yeah, I guess that seems like about right. Yep. Uh, next up, a game some people may have forgot, Pragmata, which... Yeah, you're going to have to tell me what that is. It, I, I guess the best that... way I could describe it, it's almost like <sighs> Bioshock, but you play as like the big daddy and the little sister, <laughs> mm. and it's set in like the near future instead of being set in some far-flung place like the Bioshock Okay, okay I vaguely have a recollection of yeah, that Yeah, it's like now. the yeah. spaceman and the little girl, and like right. a big part of the first trailer is like they're on the moon looking at Earth. Like, yeah. yeah I okay. honestly don't think most people still know what it is. Um, no, I remember it now that you say that, but like, was that a Game Awards thing? Mm, 
maybe i don't remember actually yeah i don't i don't remember no i I can picture it in in my head now that you say about watching from the moon i can i remember that now yeah it's a very curious game that's really shrouded in mystery still to this point um but i would guess this is the perfect opportunity for them to at least finally tell people what the hell it is yeah um because the trailer, the media that they've released for it so far and the information that they've given up on it so far has been very vague. Um, it's It looks interesting. It's like in this world where there's like virtual everything. Like everything is like augmented reality. I, it's like the world has ended and the only thing that still exists are these two creatures or these two beings and augmented reality. I, I honestly have no idea what's going on. But it is good to see... Publishers taking risks on unique concepts like this one, um, so I'm absolutely excited to check it out and see what the what the story is with it. Um, and I, I'm also okay with like the first trailer being mysterious and something that's hard for people to understand what the actual game is going to be. Um, it's like Capcom's trying to out Kojima Kojima on this one. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if if we find out at E3 that Kojima is the director on this game, I'd be like, oh okay, that makes perfect sense. Now I totally get it. Um, but certainly an interesting game and something unique, which I would argue the industry needs more and more of as time goes on. And it looks, it appears to be a big budget game as well, not some kind of small team working on this unique concept that uh, Capcom doesn't have a lot of faith in. So I think it looks really interesting. We'll see how much of it that we end up seeing in the show overall. And then really the rest is just Resident Evil 4. <laughs> what what are they going to show? Are they going to show a lot of the Oculus version of Resident Evil 4? Matt, do you think that the Resident Evil 4 remake is now not going to happen because, as it turns out, there was an Oculus game being built? I think I heard there was some kind of legal problem with the Oculus one. Um, like what? Uh, I can't remember. It was some... Like it could be canceled legal problems? Or at least it would be kind of stuck in limbo for a while. Really? Because um, they've already worked on it for four years. Yeah. It was. I, I thought there was something from Is that. It, it's got to be like a licensing of something or a voice actor who hasn't been paid or something like that. I don't know. Um, I mean, that game's so old. But I don't I don't think it's going to be there. I don't think the Oculus game's going to be there. Okay. What Do you think the RE4 remake is still a thing? Maybe. Like, I I think it would be silly to do an Oculus one and not a non-VR non one. Like, it's yeah. just too, it's just money on the table right there. Um, but it depends what, con- you know, maybe Oculus, they have a contract with Oculus says they can't release it outside of VR until certain times, but I don't know. I would certainly prefer a non-VR one because I would Me play too. the hell out of that. Yep. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think there will be an, I don't think the Oculus version is going to be there this year. I don't honestly don't think that the RE4 remake existed. I think people got word that someone was working on a new version of RE4, and I think they extrapolated it to remake when it was really just the Oculus game. That's my guess. Uh, Chat saying it's an asset lawsuit from a photographer. They, uh, they used today's pictures that were not licensed. There you go. Um, well, they can fix that pretty easily. They can swap that stuff out. Um, yeah. But I can see where that may make them not show the game at E3 2021, though, while they're busy mm-hmm. trying to fix that stuff or show parts of the game that don't show those assets. But I do think for right now, the RE4 remake is probably off the table. I think there was just confusion among insiders about what the Oculus game was. I'm not saying it's never coming. I just think that that's maybe a project for next year. Or something like that. But we'll see. I could be pleasantly surprised. I would be all over 
a Resident Evil 4 remake. Again, still my favorite Resident Evil of all time. Um, and then there's Resident Evil Outrage, which is like basically Resident Evil Revelations 3. Um, that's, that is kind of a rumor. There's really mm. nothing that's set in Was stone. Was that just like Leon getting mad at zombies on Twitter? <laughs> maybe. Outrage. Um, so that's something else to maybe keep an eye on. Can you believe what that liquor posted? <laughs> and then maybe... pictures of his tongue all over the place. <laughs> and then maybe the final thing is Street Fighter V. Do you think we'll see that? It's definitely overdue. There was rumors about... You mean six? Six, sorry. There was rumors about it. has been out for like right. five very painful years. Yeah. Well, there um, were rumors about six being in beta and people not liking it and Capcom mm-hmm. maybe having to go back to the drawing board. What do you think? Your, what's your barometer on the next three? I don't know. I, I feel like five is finally in a place where people generally like it enough that to start over now, it seems suicidal. Um, I th- you know, they said boot it off, yeah, boot it out. Yeah, they said they're doing another season of five. So if six is going to happen, it would be next year sometime. Okay. Um, which seems a little, seems a little premature to uh, start teasing six when you still got another season of five to sell. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's Capcom at E3 2021. As I said, not a huge presence, at least what we know right now from the Japanese publisher, but we could be surprised. Mm-hmm. Or Pragmata could just end up being so awesome that we forget about all the other stuff that was not shown. Uh, but Capcom's looking a little lean at E3 this year. Next up, you're probably looking at the graphics and being like, Shane, why is PlayStation at E3 2021 in the rundown? Um, because you've probably realized, like Matt and I have, that there is nothing scheduled for PlayStation at E3 2021. Nothing. Um Matt, do you think that's a good idea? Um, I mean, good. I don't think it matters. Like, didn't hurt them last year. Yeah, I mean, they can't make enough PlayStation 5s to sell them. And they haven't been in E3 no. for, like, three years. So, yep. it's... And they're, and they're doing the same thing they did last year. They showed Last of Us 2 on the exact same days, I think, uh, in May. Uh, and then did nothing in June. And then came back in August with another state of play. And they are following that. You know, they showed Horizon on the same days of May as they showed Last of Us 2. And I think they are going to run silent until August. Hmm. And it's not going to hurt them one bit. Matt, the, the, the question becomes, why is anyone doing E3? That is a fine question. Especially after we had another freaking security breach through the E3 thing yesterday. Oh, yeah. So I got my E3 press registration confirmation yesterday morning, I think it was, or maybe the day before. And I'm like, okay, I'm registered as press, and let me see what that does, what that gets me. It gets me nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There's, like, some endemic chat app. It's like, why would I use this to chat with people when I could just use... 20 different social media platforms that actually work. Like, I don't even understand why they had press register for E3 this year. Neither do I. Because they were like, at first they were like, oh, you get exclusive. Oh, and then the streams, once the show starts, everyone gets access to it. Like, mm-hmm. there's no value in being registered for press other than if you want to keep your stream nope. going, which and I I did. think Sony would say <laughs> there's no value in being there at all. Yeah. Do you what think others lose? are going to come Nothing. to that realization ever, Matt? Absolutely. EA's already there. If you look at, you know, they haven't been there and now they're doing their their presentation a month and a half later. It's not going to hurt anybody. 
You don't need to be there. Doesn't yeah. do you any good. I'm just going down because there's so much stuff that they could show. Although I would argue of the big three, they're probably in third place. Um, but just very quickly, Her- Horizon Forbidden West, which we just saw, they mm-hmm. did a big blowout on. God of War Ragnarok, the sequel to that. Which is pushed to next year. Which so has been pushed to next year. A long time to worry the, about that. The big one to me is PlayStation VR 2. Nah. It, that is hardware. It, but look, if they launch PS5 without E3, they can launch PlayStation VR right. 2 without E3. It's, and they're going to be next year. I think, you know, sometime next year. Um, if that. Then there's all the Naughty Dog stuff, like Uncharted 5 or a remake of the first Uncharted, The Last of Us remake. That stuff, I don't know. It's all just kind of rumors at this point. I mean, they're mm. more than rumors because they've been... And the Uncharted stuff sounds like it's going to go to the um, the San Diego team. Right. Yeah. And then you got Ben working on some of that stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, Gran Turismo 7. I don't even feel like I need to see more of that game. Like, I kind of mm. know what it is and what... It, we've got the trailer. We know what it's going to look like. Um and then there's Forspoken, which is something we probably should have brought up in Square Enix's section since we're not going to do a big deep dive on PlayStation. Uh, it was formerly called Project Athia, and they've renamed it. That game is actually, I feel like, the last trailer was pretty interesting. I'm hoping that we mm. do get more of this game um, at E3 from Square Enix since PlayStation's not going to be there. Um, but again, it's another game that's kind of targeted exclusively for PlayStation consoles, uh, but I feel like what they've shown of that has been interesting and something different, which, again, is something I'm kind of looking for in this day and age in the games industry. Um, and then you have, like, the small stuff like Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Solar Ash, Little Devil Inside, Stray, that cat game, Jet the Far Shore, which actually looks really awesome. Um, and then you have Ghostwire Tokyo. And that's pretty much all we know about PlayStation stuff right now. Uh, where what is going to be the vehicle for all this stuff? Are we going to get it piecemeal from now on? We're never going to get this big kind of like information dump from PlayStation again. No, I mean they'll do state of plays, I guess, but uh, which can be information dumps if that's what they decide to do with them. They have in the past, or they, you know, like the Horizon Forbidden West can focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect to see something in August that sort of focuses on their near end of year stuff. So you'd see something, you know, right maybe right before a few weeks before Kina comes out. Um, and then highlighting, you know, maybe a little extra Horizon, maybe confirming that Horizon is going to make it this year or not make it this year. Um, whatever else makes it this year, you know, probably Stray, I think, should be out this year, I would think. Maybe Solar Ash, um, that kind of thing. Does PlayStation start relying on things like the Game Awards for this stuff? Like, No, they don't rely on anyone but themselves. They don't need to. Like that's that's what Sony has realized, and what I I was saying two two years ago when they stopped going is they don't need it. Like that's that's how media works now. You can just say we're doing a live stream at this point, and we're going to show you new stuff, and people will tune in, and the word will spread, and that's how it works. Like you don't need an event anymore. You don't need to piggyback on E3 or DGS or Jeff Keighley. Like it's not it's not required. People can directly interface with these companies now. Like you don't need. A, a separate presenter to bring it to you. You can just show it to people and they will know it's there. So is all this stuff going away, Matt? Slowly. I think so. I mean, you've already got Sony absolutely proving that not going to E3 did not hurt them at all in any way. 
Like they had the most successful launch of anything they've ever launched. And they were not at E3. Yeah. That's all there is to it. I wonder if Microsoft looks at it like we had a tough generation and mm-hmm. we did go to E3 and people were much more receptive to our next Did product. they though? Like they weren't at E3. They were they did a presentation around the same time, but they don't you know, they haven't been on the floor in three years. Well, Matt, they're right across the street in their own theater. They're sure. there. I mean they're, they're at there. E3. They're doing so an E3 press so conference. They're they're yeah. there. But they could also do that a week after, a week before, a month before, a month after, and it would be the same thing. I mean, I'm just wondering if they don't feel that way, if they feel like being a part of E3 did help the series consoles become. Because, look, they I, had a rough gen last gen, man. I don't see what happened at E3 last year that would have made them believe that. Like, that they couldn't get the same There's more eyeballs by... on it versus, you know, a, doing a direct style thing. Are there? I would argue there are more eyeballs on E3 than you would get if you just did a direct, for sure. Last year? Like, I think you'll get the same core people, but I think your chances of getting some more casual folks to at least give it a look is higher at E3. But that comes with the the advertising run-up to the launch more than E3. I don't think it matters anymore, and I think we've seen over and over that it doesn't matter at this point. And at the very least, it should be a fairly simple thing if they if these companies feel they should have a big event of that kind, it should be a fairly simple thing to get together and organize that on their own and not have to lean on the ESA's pathetic uh, organizational skills. I mean, to let's do be so. honest. The ESA at this point is is pathetic. Like, yeah. so they breach everyone's information gets breached on their E3 website. They launch their new E3 website and it's also a problem. Yeah. Like, who is running that place? Like. It's mind-boggling. And I'll yep. be honest with you, Matt. If they continue if they down this road, E3 will go they, away. If they continue right. down this path, it will go away. And further, if you if they can't build a website that co- works competently in the year of our Lord 2021, do you think they can lobby effectively at, in Washington, D.C. for this as industry? As soon as I saw the write-up for that website, what it was supposed to do, I was like, you people are insane. Why would mm-hmm. you try to build this insane web portal in one year, with all these features, one that people don't need, and two, open up the the doors for what happened last year, and three, open up the door for it to be a piece of crap because you're trying to get everything nailed down in a year's time. It's insane. And four, including features that will be useless next year if everything goes back to normal. Dude, they here's the problem. The ESA needs to get rid of the old boys club that has been running yeah. the ESA. Like, I hate to say it, but they need to hire people like us who are experienced enough to know the history of the industry and to be able to function within the ESA, but aren't so old that we're effing clueless. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there, but you're right. If it can continues down this path, the E3 will go away and the ESA will be disbanded because that's where it gets all its money. And then we'll have no lobbyists. Then what well, you happens? Just form, you just form another lobby group. It's maybe we should do it, Matt. Maybe we should form our own <laughs> lobby group. I would honestly not be surprised if we did that if people supported us in the industry. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. I don't run into a whole lot of people other than Michael Pactor who toot the horn of the ESA. I'll just be <laughs> Can you? Can you think no, of any? I could, I'm surprised Pactor doesn't. I, I well, he has personal relationships with those guys. And so he know he, he has personal like, relationships with whatever new organization rose with up. us. Yeah. The no BSA is what we're going to call ours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's PlayStation at E3, as it were, which 
there is no were because they're not going to be there. I mm. do. It does hurt my heart, Matt, that they're not at E3. It just does. They, to me, I the big three being at E3, that's why I go to E3. The other guys are like the icing on the cake. The big three are the cake. They're, it's a three-layer cake. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. And then the third-party stuff is just the icing that goes all around it. Like, it just doesn't feel right. I don't care how many years it happens. It's going to have to happen for 20 years before it doesn't feel right. Because that's how many years I went to E3 where they were all there. So it just bums me out. It hurts my soul. That And look, I can't blame PlayStation because you're right. They have been extremely successful. But then I say to myself... Could they be more successful if they were at E3? Like, could they? Could the demand be even oh, higher? Could they be more successful? Well, like, you, they can't keep. They can't sell and make enough PlayStations to sell to no, demand. No, I get that, Matt. But there could be more people thirsty for them than there are now that don't have them, and eventually they're going to satisfy demand. And maybe satisfying demand is dragged out longer if they're at E3 and more people know. I don't know. I'm just grasping it. I think, yeah, you, I was, yeah, you were, you were grasping at straw. This, the era is over. E3 yeah. is, is what it was, is not what it is. Yeah. And it may limp along for years to come. It may dissolve after time as everyone else learns the same lesson that Sony did. Um, to me, it doesn't hurt my heart. It doesn't really bother me at all because that era for me ended a long time ago. The bloom came off that rose some while ago um and things change and part of part of part of a journey is also the end of it and uh that is sort of where i think we've been seeing a long extended end as we've moved on to the last half we've seen the last half decade of e3 when do you think Um, how much longer do you think e3 lasts provided there aren't any major overhauls to what the show is i don't actually mean like major overhauls not just like let more fans in or whatever I mean, I don't know. Like they could, they could keep this going as like a, a zombie kind of pseudo packs for another five, ten years if they wanted to. I'm sure you, you know you open the doors of the convention center to people to run in and get free bags or something. I'm sure you know you could do. There will always kind of be an audience thing, for that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but in terms of being kind of the you know, and there will always be you know a, a reason to have like a, an expo where everybody gets together from the industry and meets and makes those deals and stuff. And gets to kind of socialize from around the world. Like that's one of the you know I know uh, actors upset that they didn't do it this year and all in person and stuff. But part of the reason I think they didn't do it this year is because the point of E three from a you know from a high level macro business perspective is everybody from around the world gets to come together in one place and talk to each other face to face and make those deals and shake those hands. And the entire world is not ready to do that yet. Yeah, I mean that is an um, important function of E three. I mean, and that extrapolates onto PlayStation as well, not just everybody else. I mean, that's where deals are made. And look, Sony does have people there. That's the funny part is like you see them walking around. But they're not spending, you know, five million dollars to do that. Well, they've never spent that much on E3 anyway. It doesn't cost that much. Oh, some of those booths do. Yeah, I don't think they're that much. I, it's a I lot, know how but. much I know how much some of those spaces cost. I do too. We had it's, to price them out of game trailers, and I know mm-hmm. how much every one of them costs because they gave us the grid that showed it all. But well, they're, they're not that the, much. Like they are. Some of them are, and the stuff not the stuff we were rent getting, of course. No, no, but, but PlayStation like that spot was like a million dollars for the show. Then you have to pay to build your booth, which is like another one point five. At the time, mil. 
the ESA started trying to get more money out of people oh. as, as years probably, went on. Probably why they all left. <laughs> that didn't hurt. Yeah. No, it, it was, even a million a dollars for that amount of space seems absurd. But because remember, I mean, that was sort of the weird thing. Was like that. I, I I believe that the Sony ESA situation was um, two very arrogant organizations kind of mashing to each other. Yeah. You know, like the ESA thought they were completely indispensable, and Sony thought that they were completely invincible. And you know, immovable object, irresistible force, and in the end, I think Sony was right. It probably did win. Yeah. Um, so and now you have Keeley like leaving E3. Like I saw he tweeted something was like, you know, mm-hmm. first time ever I'm not involved with E3 or something. Like, yeah. And look, the ESA, look, but- I, if Keeley doesn't think it's worth being involved with it. That dude knows the score. Well, that just means that he doesn't think he can make money off of it anymore, which probably is an indictment that, on that E3. Is a very, yeah, that's a very important barometer right <laughs> there. Is, like, yep. There are few people yep. in this industry who are better at knowing where he, they can make money on something than Jeff Keighley. That's true. And if he yeah. thinks it's a, a lost cause, maybe he changes his mind next year when it's in person again. I don't know. Well, I but think he said now, that they tried to hardball him on stuff, and he would just wasn't having I believe having that, it. too, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, you know, Jeff Keeley is not a bad barometer for sort of yeah. where this sort of thing's going to break. He knows everyone. He has connections everywhere. He knows where the bodies are buried. And uh, if he gets out, I think that is a That's very the canary in the coal mine. Very noticeable canary <laughs> in that coal mine, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Not to not to call Jeff a canary. He's not a canary. Yeah, but obviously. But anyway, he's a, he's a bird of prey, is what he is. <laughs> All right, that's it for Sony at E3, as it were, or the lack thereof of Sony at E3. It still bothers me. It'll take me a while to get over it, I think. But it's time to move on to our E3 2021 predictions. Um, So we have a prediction for each of the big three, and then we have a prediction for either PC or third party. Matt, you're going to make your your picks first, and we're going to start with Microsoft. What is your prediction for Microsoft at E3 2021? Um, I do think we are going to see a Hellblade 2 gameplay premiere. I okay. think they are going to do a fairly significant chunk of time on that game. What do you anticipate will change from the first Hellblade? Do you think there'll be any big changes, or you think they're going to kind of stick to their guns on it? I think they're going to expand the combat system. I think they're going to make it a bigger thing. I think it's going to be, I think you're going to see more cues taken from uh, God of War. Um, it's already kind of halfway there, but I think you are going to see uh, more emphasis on that. Um, and I think you are going to uh, maybe add a little uh, a little player input to how uh, Senua evolves as a character over the course of the game. I do wonder um, if the concept is a little niche for mass market audiences. I mean, I love it, and I think it's brilliant, mm-hmm. and I think we need more games that explore mental health. I just wonder if it's kind of a turnoff to more casual folks. I don't think so, because uh, in part, like, because I think you can play that game and not realize that's what it's about. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah. Uh, if, if you're not a person who sees themes and or watches things game like face. that <laughs> and stuff, like, you could easily play that game and just think, oh, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's, it's uh, you know, it doesn't require you to understand what it's trying to say in order to have fun playing it. Also, I've, I've given that game to very casual players who loved it. Um, who would normally not play a God of War or a, or a, or an action game like that. And they really liked it. Uh, multiple people. So, um, it does see whatever they're doing there does seem to be, um, connect with people. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, uh, I think they could do work. I mean, it's not going to be like maybe like the, the breakout hit that you could get out of a really good fable 
or a really solid Elder Scrolls. But um, I think it's worth having in their in their library. And I think you could, you, you know, it, 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 there's a shot at making it kind of a, a mid-level breakout hit if okay. you play your cards right. All right. I actually have two predictions for Microsoft. Um, my first one... Also I'd, also, I'd like to see Ninja Theory get some serious success out of what they're doing now because those guys have been agreed. working hard for years and years and years. It doesn't uh, matter now. Nice. They're they're in Microsoft's warm right, bosom, yeah, Matt. It would be, nice be, <laughs> be nice to see Ninja Theory become you know, more of a household word. I agree, yeah. They, they deserve more respect than they've got so far. They've made... Pretty much every game they've made has been high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done a lot with a little in the past as well. And now they have a, they can hopefully do even more with a lot. We'll see. Uh, my I have two predictions for Microsoft. My first one is that we will get both Forza games this holiday season. We will get both Forza Horizon 5 and Forza Motorsport before the end of 2021. Uh, I think we kind of talked you through why I think uh, that's more than viable and more than plausible I also don't see Microsoft being as prudent with its exclusives as some of the other guys because I honestly feel like Microsoft needs to change some minds. I don't think it can be looking at it like, oh, well, we've put this one out two months ago. Like, we can't put this one out now. I think Microsoft just wants to flood the channels and just change minds about buying an Xbox and what it's like to own an Xbox. Like, we people need to know it's not going to turn out like that same cycle of Halo, Gears, Forza, Halo, Gears, Forza. I think the best way you can do that is just be like, you know what? We're giving you both our Forza games at the same time or roughly at the same time. Like, I wouldn't be surprised Mm -hmm. if one's like September and the other one is November or something like that. But I think they're both on Game Pass. They're both there when you're ready for them and like, you you know, do it every way. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, the, the 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 perception of more than you can play is sort of a new phenomenon for Xbox uh, yes. in the last generation or so. so last yeah. like ten years. Let's be honest. That's really yeah. where they're at. And then my final prediction for Microsoft is that Xbox wins E3 handily. I just think we went through all the games with you guys. It has a stellar lineup. Its press conference is probably going to be an hour and a half long. It's still going to have to cut great games from that. So mm. its lineup assuming, is amazing. Assuming they have stuff, you know, everything's ready to show in some form. Yeah, they they have the potential right there. Yeah. They, they the bullets are all in the in the magazine. They just got to be ready to fire them. Yeah, I think when we are sitting here next Friday doing our best of E three awards, I think we're going to be heaping a lot of praise on Xbox, and I think it will, in my opinion, probably win E three in a landslide. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hurt that you know. One of its big competitors may not be there. Uh, all right, Nintendo time, Matt. What's your <laughs> prediction for Nintendo at E3 2021? Um, my, I mean, we already kind of predicted a bunch of stuff before, but my you cynical didn't talk about this though. No, my cynical predictions are that um, they do for the for the 25th anniversary of uh, whatever is it 30th is it 35th 35th yeah. anniversary I guess of, of Zelda. Uh, we're gonna get. Uh, they're gonna do a Twilight Princess Wind Waker HD combo bundle uh, of the Wii U version. You know the Wii U HD remasters. Yeah. They're gonna put those together and sell them for sixty bucks and call that your your gift for the <laughs> for the Zelda anniversary. It'll be called the, like the Zelda thirty fifth anniversary bundle or something. Yeah. Something like it, that. They'll come with like a video of the the making of stuff for Koji Kondo talking about the music or some crap will they have done and, uh, anything to the games do you think matt no they'll just be uh, straight ports just be from the, the wii u they'll just be the wii u version ported up maybe 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 taking advantage of uh the new stuff in the new the super nintendo switch 
whatever, you know, which is okay, not bad. You know, that's, that's I mean, that's fine. really great. Honestly, if you think about it, if you get Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. Wind Waker all in one year, I would be. I would have yeah, to say would, that probably is a, an adequate celebration. Oh, as I well. would definitely rather play, rather play Twilight Princess and Wind Waker again than Skyward Sword. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, an but I'm just saying, or, if you get all three yeah. of those games this year, that would be a, an adequate celebration of a franchise yeah. like Zelda for a big yeah, the only The only downside would be, like, you know, I, the, there's there's definitely the possibility that they would not want to split the market on Skyward, give you a better option than Skyward Sword. Yeah, and they maybe not wouldn't want to do that. Uh, in which case, you know, but I do think at some point we're going to get this combo. At some point we're going to get a Switch version combo of the Ocarina and Majora's Mask 3D remakes on the 3DS. Um, I, I just see those happen. Maybe that would be more next year or the year after because the uh, the anniversary of, uh, was it the 25th? 25th anniversary of Ocarina is coming up in 2023. Yep. Um, so that would be a time to do that probably. Yeah, and then, is, wow! Uh, the, Holy crap! Yeah, wow. and then the other half of uh, the other half of my my cynical uh, prediction is no Metroid. Yeah, we will see. We, will, we won't see Metroid mentioned at all. Yeah, you're saying no trailer, no mention, no trailer of it, for no Prime anything. Four, no secret 2D game from Mercury Steam, no nothing. Maybe that seems maybe really the, the bold. Metroid, That's a bold prediction because it's its maybe anniversary. The Metroid helmet. Maybe the Metroid helmet and Animal Crossing like that. That could always happen. <laughs> wow. That would it. really be bad if Nintendo didn't even do anything for Metroid on its anniversary like that. I agree. But it would also be very in character. <laughs> sadly, sadly, you're right, man. It's hard to disagree with that. But man, that just seems. <laughs> or maybe we get an HD remaster of uh, F- Federation Force. <laughs> like, just said a giant middle finger. Uh... Uh, okay, let's see. I actually have two predictions for Nintendo as well. My first one goes directly against mass prediction. And my first prediction is, mm-hmm. and I think I said this during the Nintendo section, we'll get the first real Metroid Prime 4 trailer um, at their press conference, probably seated right in the middle in between Switch Pro and Breath of the Wild 2, but no release date. Um, they'll show the trailer. We'll actually get to see maybe some in-engine stuff. Um, but they won't share the release date at all because one, it's Nintendo, and two, it's Retro Studios, and that mm-hmm. combo together. And three, it has not; it doesn't have one. Right? Like, there's no way they and know three, when this is coming they've out literally yet. been working on it for like a year and a half. So at this mm-hmm. point, I feel like they've probably figured out what the story's going to be, what the characters are going to be, maybe what a couple of the gameplay hooks are going to be. I feel like the trailer will show that stuff off and then be done with no release date. And then my second prediction for Nintendo, and this pains me to say this, considering my fantasy team, is that Breath of the Wild 2 will not come out this year. I don't think that's a big shocker. However, I think it will be released on March 3rd, 2022, exactly five years to the day that the first game was released. And Mm. there's just the perfect synergy there. I think the timing's working out for it. Um, Um, I I think that makes it, my only caveat on that is that March 3rd is a Thursday. And that's not usually when Nintendo releases stuff. Wow, that's interesting that you went and looked that far ahead to see what the actual day of the week was. However, Nintendo <laughs> has released games on odd days before. It wouldn't yeah, they, be yeah, out they of like the to put stuff out on Fridays and Sundays. Yeah, uh, I mean, they have done odd days before for special things. So. Yeah. so theoretically, if you did a March 4th release, but you released it at midnight Eastern, right. it would come out on the 3rd <laughs> here, right. Pacific time. Yeah. 
I just think they're going to try to time the release of it. Yeah, somewhere in that window makes a lot of sense. Also, like, man, half a decade I know. between those two. Just, wow. That's why I drafted it, Matt. I'm like, there's no way in hell it's going to take longer than that. It's on the same no, engine. I, like, it's I insane. I knew it was gonna, but like it doesn't make it any easier to swallow. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, dude. I don't know what they're doing. This game is gonna have to be the game of the forever. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to build it from scratch. They had the engine, the open world engine. I mean, my guess is the reason it took so long is it's a co-op game. Yeah. I think you play as Link and Zelda. That's possible. I'm and wondering like if had, anyone's going to be brave right. enough to predict that it's coming out this year when they're doing their E3 predictions. I am not. Even though I drafted the game on my fantasy team, I, don't, I can't. I don't think, I can't I don't do think there's any chance. Yeah. Um, but I, do, I, I, think, uh, I think before the end of March next year is, is not out of the realm of possibility. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Okay, let's move to PlayStation. Matt, what's your PlayStation prediction? My PlayStation prediction is there is no PlayStation. There is no appearance. They do Sony does nothing. They run completely silent for all of June. Okay. And uh, we see them again probably in August with a state of play. Okay. My prediction is there's a surprise state of play that, that airs after everybody else is done. <laughs> That's adorable. I know. It's wishful thinking. <laughs> Yeah, But it does make sense, because if they did a state of play after the last press conference happens, they win. They win E3. They show almost anything at that presentation, they win E3. So, All right, well, that's sort of telling me that if, if I do this thing that I don't want to do, I win a pizza with pineapple and anchovies That you it. don't like. <laughs> I don't want that pizza, so why would I show up? Um, um, if they Look, if they do it, I feel like it would show PlayStation VR 2 and, like, the first footage of God of War, stuff like huge stuff. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to be like an hour. It could be just like 15 or 20 minutes, something that they put together. But I don't think there's a zero chance that that happens. I think there is a zero chance of that happening. Okay. I think, well, I, I had to come up with something too, for PlayStation yeah, that wasn't the exact same thing that you chose. So I, mean, could, I, I, just, I mean, you know, the re- reality is reality. But like, also, I think I think doing something like that makes them look weak compared really? to the others. Yeah. Oh, the others did like a big hour and a half blowout and intended their usual 45 minute direct thing. We did, There's 15 minutes of this game you might like. It's like, I think so. Or does it show that, that the power that it has, that it can show no, a couple things think, and still win? No, I, I mean, there is no official way to win. That's the thing. It's like, it's the, I don't think they think of it like that. I think what they think of is like, we can just show this on our own terms whenever we want and not compete with the signal to noise ratio of all the other companies at any time because we're PlayStation and everybody's paying $1,000 for our system we can't make enough of. And uh, we got Ratchet and Clank coming out this week and uh, go fuck yourselves. Like I, th- <laughs> I, I, I really think that's where Sony is. I think Sony is in the height of arrogant Sony realm. And uh, but but as I've said before, the uh, the difference between arrogance and, and uh, confidence is being able to deliver. Yeah. And uh, so far, Sony has been able to deliver. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But uh, I, I think Sony is just going to continue their streak of saying we don't need E3 and we're going to prove it by just shutting up and letting everybody else do their thing. Okay. Uh, and then our final predictions. This is, you could choose whether you wanted to cover a third-party publisher or something related to PC. Matt, what is your last prediction for E3 2020? Um, well, to be fair, I made this prediction when I thought that they were doing this uh, next week and not a month and a half from now. Uh, but I do think EA will show a new Star Wars game. Okay. Uh, besides the Hunters thing that okay. we know about. Yeah, that's a Switch exclusive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then there's also like rumors that Ubisoft is working on an open world Star Wars game from the Division yes. team. Yes, the word is there's some kind of action RPGs, like basically Assassin's Creed with a lightsaber kind of thing yeah. going on. That the Division, which team I would a... be fine with. Like yeah. you can go ahead and take my money for that right now. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they're they're supposedly spreading out the you know Lucas Lucasfilm is changing their strategy, so like they're going to contract out different devs and publishers for what they think are appropriate for each project, which is exactly what LucasArts used to do. Yeah. And it worked fine. Yeah, it worked great. So, so yeah. But I do think EA is going to have a new, maybe Fallen Order 2, like we know that's in there somewhere. Maybe a, a more full-fledged Squadrons, because that actually did pretty well for them. Yeah. Um, maybe Battlefront again. Yeah, you know, Battlefront 3. The, that, to me, seems to like most likely... Mm-hmm. I hate to admit it, but the timing of it, how much yeah. easier they are to develop than something like a Fallen Order. It's been about the right amount of time. Yeah. Um, and it sold very well. They've made a gob yeah. of money on that game. So why even would you with stop all making the, it? Uh, even with all the controversy over two, it still sold. You know, it didn't sell Battlefield, Battlefront 1 yeah. numbers, but Battlefront 1 was part of that frenzy around the return of Star Wars with Force Awakens that I don't think anything could replicate. Like, I mean, let's be honest, that, Matt. Not, that most of EA's sold, games don't sell that well No, 50 anyway. million copies is is ridiculous for anything from EA. But, but the idea that Battlefront would sell that yeah. I mean, that was purely the wave of hype from oh, Star yeah. Wars coming back. Timing. Um, yep. And you're never going to replicate that again. Like they say, timing is everything in life. Yep. Okay, my final prediction for E3 2021 is I do think that we're going to see Street Fighter VI for the first time. I just, I, I just can't understand how it would not be ready to show at this point. Capcom doesn't have much else to show it's when was Street Fighter Five? Was it six years ago now? Uh, I want to say it was 2016. Yeah, so it's I coming up wrong. on five years, I guess. I mean, damn, dude! <laughs> like you gotta get another fighting game out. It is still, like it or not, the best-selling, most popular fighting franchise on the planet. Yeah, February 2016. So it's a little over five years. A little old over then. five years. Like you got to do it. And look, there's been so many reports about you know the alphas and the betas of this people playing it have been playing it for quite a while um now it does seem like ono-san may have lost his job over street fighter 6 i'm that's all conjecture on my part i'm not reporting it as fact it seems that way we, we get rumors that the people who are testing street fighter 6 don't like it that much and then half a year later we find out that ono-san is out so mm-hmm. that's kind of the wild card like how much are they reworking it after he left um do they feel like it needs to be completely reworked i mean that's a big x factor but it's time um people are ready to see it capcom should be ready to show it so that is my they could big... maybe I, I just feel like if they're going to show street fighter 6 they would probably reveal the final character from five before they do that well um, they probably will at the same they time do that. yeah but a lot of times they save stuff like that for like something like Evo, but who knows if Evo's even going to happen? Yeah, this now, year is it happening? I don't know. I haven't I haven't been paying attention. Yeah. I saw Sony, Sony announced Sony something owns about it, it now, so I don't know. Sony's like, putting money into it. Like there was a story last week I think that kind of showed that Sony was actually living up mm-hmm. to its word and doing some different stuff with it, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. Someone yeah, in chat I mean, I, th- I think Evo, I think there'd be an online one, you know. Like because they don't need to cancel completely like last year because they had the scandal going. But if they do like a full online Evo, I think that is where you premiere Street Fighter Six. It would make um, sense. 
Kind of. I still think E3 is a bigger stage than Evo, but you're reaching. I mean, the exact is E3, E3 the is a bigger stage than Evo in terms of video games, but it is not a bigger stage in terms of fighting games. Yeah. I mean, you're but, reaching the core audience at Evo, but Street Fighter right. to me is bigger than the core audience. Like, um, like Guilty Gear Strive, core audience. Street Fighter but Street, 6. But Street Fighter 6 being more than a year and a half out, I would say, in, would be you don't need to talk to anybody but the core audience yet. Um, also, uh, like, don't underestimate how much fighting game people don't care about other video games. Yeah. Um, like, a huge chunk of people who play fighting games don't play other video games. Yeah, I know. Because you have uh, to only and, play that genre to be good enough right. at it. But I mean, I'm back to the point that I'm talking about, I know people who play fighting games professionally who do not call themselves gamers. Oh. Because they just play fighting games. Like, they don't consider themselves to be into video games. They like fighting games. Interesting. And that's just how it is. So presenting that at Evo makes a lot more sense because that's where your audience is. Yep. Um, I mean, Capcom, I got a thing to do. They might, you know, reveal the, the last character for five at the at E3. That might make sense. Just to sort of close that out. Um, it seems pretty we'll small see. for E3, but we'll see. I have faith. Yeah, but yeah, if you need something to fill five minutes in your uh, in your little presentation, and they might. <laughs> they might. They might. We already went through Capcom stuff. It's not exactly overflowing. Yeah, so. that's because that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah. it's it's one more thing to add a bullet point on your presentation. Yep. So yep. So there you go, people. That's our preview of E3 2021. I think Matt, you thought I wasn't going to get it done in time, but I did. We I got it wrapped up just in the nick of time. We do have time to take a few questions from you guys. Um, if you have them, you can ask us about. Our coverage, anything you're excited about, E3, uh, just make sure you go at Sifted Games in the chat so we can find it in the chat. Um, Johnny Hurricane, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Emperor Dread, thank you for Twitch Prime. Ed H420, thank you for Twitch Prime. Who else do we got here at the end? Hype Trains at level three. Is JM Rain in the house? I bet he is. Oh, there he is. Thank you, JM Rain, for gifting subs to people. That's awesome, man. Uh, all right, let's see if we got some questions here. Um, ETH Demon, how you doing, bro? Um, there are rumors going around of another Microsoft acquisition being revealed at E3. If so, who? One guess from each of you. What do you think, Matt? Mm, I don't know. No clue? No guess? No, no wishful really thinking? Don't. Any studios that you would like to see Microsoft acquire? I mean, I'm not I'm super hyped to see anybody absorbed into the amoeba of Microsoft at this point. Um, I don't know. Well, I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm running through this. I don't know. I can't think of anyone that I, I would... Like Obsidian would still be sort of my go-to pick, but they already that already happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I look for studios that will fill a hole that Microsoft may have. And so, to me, Don't Nod comes to mind. They're narrative-driven mm -hmm. stuff, adventure-style stuff. And I'll just be honest with you right now. I think Housemark. I think everybody's going to want Housemark. I think that could be. there's going to be a bidding war Don't for Don't Nod has intentionally fended off other offers to be purchased. They do not want to sell. Yeah. So I don't think that but, would be that. You know, do you know what one company is that could write a check big enough to make them reconsider? It's Microsoft. I don't think it could. Yeah. I don't could. think don't I, I don't think everyone has a price. There's a certain point where it becomes absurd and you'd be a moron to not sell. Yeah, but there's also a point where it becomes absurd and you'd be a moron to offer that much money for them. 
That, um, hey, Microsoft could afford to throw that money around, though, Matt. It has they like, could, but why would incomprehensible you do money. It just does. Like, yeah, but one of the one of the reasons it has incomprehensible money is it doesn't do shit like that. Nah, maybe. Um, I don't nod doesn't want to sell because they want to continue telling the stories they do without interference from a corporate entity. And I don't think I don't think you could convince them otherwise right now. Maybe in a few years when things don't sell as well as they think they might, if that happens. But for now, I don't think don't nod's on the table. Tiny two K. Housemark is a good question. How everyone's going to want to buy Housemark, and they should. They should. Sony should really be in front of the line for that one. They should have listened to us like three years ago when we were on Housemark's jock (laughs) and telling people like this is a great studio you should keep an eye on. Yeah, Nick's Machina shouldn't should have been enough for anybody really. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Lots of questions. Um, Tiny Two K, thank you for all the tier one subs that you're giving out to our viewers. It's awesome. Uh, other questions. Let's see. El Guapo, 3385. Will we hear anything about Beyond Good and Evil 2 at E3? We talked about that at length earlier in the show. You must have got in the stream a little late. Uh, Crib Notes version, maybe. <laughs> I think it's. I think if you go between the two of us, Matt, it probably is a maybe. If you, yeah, if you share maybe. our two opinions and squeeze them down into one opinion. I think yours is more like maybe, and mine's more like mm, maybe. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's accurate. Um, Yakov two two six. What about Silent Hill? Do you think we will see Konami franchises at any of the streams? No. Oy. Yeah. Probably not. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. The big one for me always. I keep coming back to Castlevania because they've got that successful Netflix show. I don't like it very much, but they, it's it's done very well for them. Mm-hmm. And they just they haven't even tried to cash in on that. They I haven't know. tried to capitalize on it. It's, it's it really is, sad. It doesn't seem to care. Konami just no. does not seem to care anymore. No. Um, I do believe there's a Silent Hill game coming though. So, mm. I mean, Sony. There's a lot of rumors around Sony doing something for Silent Hill, but obviously that doesn't help us at E3. Yeah, but I do think one's coming. I, another mm-hmm. question. I think maybe someone will ask it eventually, but I'm just going to bring it up. Kojima, are we going to see Kojima's game mm-hmm. at E3? I would say maybe no. that's the acquisition. Possible, because the rumors are that Kojima. Its next game is going to be an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. And if there's also a rumor that Microsoft may be acquiring a studio, mm-hmm. and Microsoft has already demonstrated to Kojima that, hey, your ideas are kind of crazy, but we're okay with that. Whereas yeah, PlayStation okay kind of showed it really wasn't okay with that. So mm-hmm. that's possible. And if I'm Kojima, I would certainly like to be in a nice financially stable you know, place with uh, all these Microsoft uh dollars around me yeah that that will let you practice your art the way you want to practice mm-hmm. it with no compromise and i do feel like phil spencer would allow that to happen so yeah and if you ever if you ever really really did feel like returning to one of his old franchises through konami microsoft has the money and the clout to make that happen yep absolutely wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't consider that a horrible move on his part if he wanted to do that Look, and back to your question, Yakov, about uh, Silent Hill. Like, I, I don't think there's a zero chance that we see it. Like, I think there is a mm. chance that it does show up. If it does show up, my guess is it shows up in the Xbox press conference. Um, I don't know where else you can slot mm. it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the so many of the rumors have surrounded Sony doing it, though. Right. But, uh, you know, who knows? But like I said, if it shows up at E3, it's going to be a Microsoft presser. Yeah, it would have to be one of those two throwing and money PlayStation's at, at not be there. Or maybe yeah. that's part of the late state of play, Kyle. 
Uh-huh. It's God of War, <laughs> PlayStation VR 2, and Silent Hill. That would bring the no, house down. A... Let's be honest. I mean, Silent Hill they would, would win E3 play... if that happened. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. Takes what if it had than... PT Takes in it? If the new Takes Silent Hill more... also had PT? Yeah. We're dreaming now. We're going crazy. Takes a little more than a B-list uh, horror game that hasn't had a good <laughs> entry since the early 2000s to really win E3, I think. But yeah, typically. Uh, okay, let's see if we got any more. Um, El Guapo3385, again, a, a company that has to scoop up Blue Point Games. The company has proven mm-hmm. that itself again and again with the amazing remakes. Agreed. Yeah, I feel like that's Sony, though. I feel like that's Sony's... Sony's it's custom-made uh, for Sony to snatch them up. Yeah, that's Sony's battle to win or lose. You know who would be smart to snatch them up, though? Nintendo. Yeah. Because that's exactly... Once they get the Switch to 4K... There's going to be a lot of porting going on of old games up to the 4K standard or whatever. That's exactly mm-hmm. the studio that you would want doing that stuff. But Nintendo will never do it. <laughs> it just isn't going to happen. Also, I do think Bluepoint would be wasted on that. Yeah. Like, they're too talented to do that. Like, you, you, want, you want them doing some ground-up stuff, too. Yep. Uh, Mega Drive guy, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. We'll take one more. Um, Ed H420, why do Shane and Matt seem to have such different experiences playing the same game? Because we're different people. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't understand why that's why you would ask us that. I think you just assume that because we're completely different people. We're different human beings, different tastes, different everything mm-hmm. brought up differently. Matt likes different music than I do. Mm-hmm. I like sports. Matt doesn't give a crap about sport. There's just we're different yep. human beings in different human completely beings different, like different parts things. of the country. Yeah. Different. I mean, if if that's the case, he was a skater boy. I said, "See you later, boy." Right? Like it yeah. was, it's just everything. It's all different. <laughs> that's the way everybody is. Like, if that's the case, why wouldn't every show ever just have one person on it? And for that matter, why wouldn't there just be one person that hosts every show in the world? Yeah. <laughs> if everybody thinks the same thing, you understand where we're mm. coming from? And oh. whoops, it's a dystopia. Yeah. All right. That's it for Game Face 259 and our massive E3 2021 preview. Just gigantic. Um, Thanks to everybody on the stream. Thanks to everyone for the Twitch Prime, for all the bits from JM Rain and Tiny2K, for all the subs uh, that they've given to you, our audience, on the stream. Again, more than enough reason to show up live for the show every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Uh, just another reminder that Sifted is supported 100% by donations and pledges from our patrons at patreon.com slash sifted. If you're listening to this show or watching this show anywhere else on the internet and you'd like to support us, please head there. Another reminder, our t-shirt, our annual E3 t-shirt sale just kicked off. The prices are already adjusted on the store. Our newest designs, 40% off. It will run all the way through E3. Um, in fact, we'll probably turn the sale off when I get back from doing our best of E3 episode next Friday. So you have about a week and a half or 10 days to get the shirts at 40% off. I think we still have most sizes. There's a couple where there's like one left. Um, so if you are interested in getting the shirts at a discount, you might want to go there and jump on that uh, ASAP. Um, again, we'll see you guys on Saturday for the first live stream of E3 coverage. And then we'll be back in here pretty much every day for several days straight. And then, like I said, next Friday, our best of E3 2021 awards. Um, 
I think that's it for the housekeeping. Look for more pre-E3 coverage coming up. Like I said, we're going to do a top 10 most anticipated games. Um, we're going to do a big predictions article from Vincent for E3. And Pactor also has a predictions episode coming on Friday, so look out for that. Um, we're going to try to get some Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart coverage out for you guys. As you can see, it's insane. But it's this time of year. It's always this way. I'm used to it. I'm ready for it. And I hope that you guys are too. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Dinfire. Matt is at mkyle. And if you are one of those people who can't afford to support us at Patreon or with Twitch Prime or at sifted.net slash donate, and you want to do something for us, you can follow us at Sifted Games. You can retweet all our stuff. That's a help. That's value to us. It matters. You can also go and review Game Face on your favorite podcast service and leave us a review. That makes a huge difference. There's a lot of stuff you can do without giving us money that can make a meaningful difference for us and our business. So anyway... Thanks again to everybody who was on the stream. Thanks for all the bits. Thanks for the Twitch Prime. Without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. We'll see you guys on Saturday for E3 2021. Game Face is up and out.